once mentioned Lincoln in seasons. Has anybody mentioned Finn? Nobody talks about Riley anymore. <laughs> oh, Riley. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hour of the Hundred podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And this episode's fun fact, we are going to talk about our crack ship. So my crack ship is Murphy. Everyone knows this about me already. Um, so I was trying to think of one that I could use like in lieu of that since everyone that already was knows. Obvious. Yeah, yeah, everyone already knows about my Murph Me um obsession. Do I have a Spotify playlist? Yes. We, we don't need to talk about what it. What don't you have a Spotify playlist of? Well, who's to say? <laughs> um so I was trying to think of another one and I realized that as I was watching this episode, I like just sprouted a new one into thin air, mm-hmm. but I don't want to spoil you. So okay. um so you'll you'll know it when you hear it because I'll say it. <laughs> also, like in case you don't know, a crack ship is a ship that mm-hmm. is like completely unrealistic, but like you think like won't ever happen. Mm-hmm. So you have fun shipping it. Yeah. But also historically, crack ships have been like LGBTQIA ships. So it's like was it only crack because homophobia? Yeah. Um. So a lot of them still are, but um, it's us gays wanting it. So uh, we're valid. I would say that, like, Murphy is, like, on the cusp of a crack ship. Because just it's because, so like, valid. They've got so much going on. And yeah. when we go back and watch the first three seasons, I'm ready to just lay it all out for you that it's been there since 101. Like, crack ships would literally be, like, in the Harry Potter fandom would be something like Fred and Draco Malfoy. Like, yeah, something like that is completely at a left field. Although, how, however, I must say, Fred and Hermione... I was interested. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people shipped yeah. Fred Miney, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat, and also Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, exclusively, almost, um, for the last two days, all I've tweeted about is Janeway. That's okay. Um, I need help. Um, my <laughs> How can I help you? I don't know. <laughs> okay. She needs help tweeting more about Janeway, so she needs someone to schedule her oh, training. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I don't know what my crack ship is, because, like, I'll ship anything? Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you have, like, an idea of, like, which character you want to start with? Well, are we talking about characters that are still alive? Like, no. Char- like a crack ship, crack ship that's, like, still, like, realistic? No! Crack <laughs> <laughs> aren't realistic in the first place. Okay, I know, but, like, realistic yeah, in fair. terms of, like, sure. I mean... To be fair, this would be a, a ship that apparently is starting to happen in this mm-hmm. episode would have been a crack ship before this episode. Mm-hmm. So who's to say? Yeah, it's true. Um, no, you do you. Thank you. I, you gave me time to think about this too, and it mm-hmm. just in one ear and out the other. Is Princess Mechanic a crack ship at this point? Sure. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Clark and Raven for mm-hmm. sure would have loved that. I was also really interested in the whole Raven Luna thing when it was happening. Yes, you I was know. very interested in that as well. Raven mm-hmm. and girls, I'm just like, yeah, I'm interested. Should have in that happened. Content. Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm gonna say that answer because I didn't really ship Kane and Abby with like anyone other than like Kane and Abby, right? But I know other people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are the two main hosts on this podcast. What? Can you can you confirm? Um, however, within the last year since we last podcasted about the hundred actively, mm-hmm. um, we have gained several roommates, including Samantha, <laughs> who is also <laughs> sitting here. She's an official host on our Riverdale Stranger Things and Picard podcasts. 
She is not an official host on this one, but she is here. I um, sure am here. She also yeah. is my wife. Yeah. Quite literally. Um, um, well, we got engaged. If you haven't listened to the podcast in a while, we got engaged last year. Robin was there. <laughs> I was there. Um, we got engaged at Disney, and um, so now we finally get to live together, which yeah. is nice, because we were dating for a very long time not getting to live together. <laughs> but now we live together, so she's here. So um, I don't know how you feel about that, but if you're happy about it, I'm happy too. And if you're not happy about it, I don't care. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself? That's Sam, and she's here. <laughs> Hi, my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40 OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. That's it. <laughs> I sure am here. Do I have a crack ship? Abby, I would like alive. to know. <laughs> yeah, my crack ship is Abby being alive. Yeah. My crack ship is Abby Russell. All right. Why are you like this? Because... J.R. Bourne is a beautiful man. Oh, oh, aesthetically, yes. Yeah, yes, aesthetically, yes, yes, my yes, yes. is Abby Russell. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, narratively, no. Yeah. Destroy Aesthet- it. Aesthetically? Throw it out the window. Absolutely Aesthetically, aesthetically yeah. sure. We went, if you guys missed our Unity Days wrap-up podcast, um, basically, we hated Russell because, obviously, he's done some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to Unity Days and we met J.R. Bourne, and God, is that man an angel? And now we love him. Yeah. He's and our so friend, good. our friend Chris was his handler, and he was so sweet to her. And um, he also revealed that, like, he auditioned for Kane. Yeah. So he was, like potentially gonna be Kane, and then once that was in our heads, we were like, oh, okay, so that'll never leave. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you want to explain what we're doing with this one? Sure. So first of all, today we have words to say about episode 701 of The 100 from the Ashes, so <laughs> this is a very obvious <laughs> title. Okay, other episodes this season will include uh-huh. We Will Rise, uh-huh. because From the Ashes, uh-huh. Your Fight is Over, and May We Meet Again. The thing is, like, <laughs> you could either be saying that, like, as a joke, but it's scary close to being real. May We Meet Again, if May We Meet Again is not the finale episode title, I will eat my hat. The finale episode title is either going to be that or just the phrase, the end. And that's it. It cannot, it cannot I know, be that. because that's the finale of Lost. The finale of Lost but is it's called the end. But it's stunningly uncreative, and thus it's a possibility. It, I swear to God <laughs> that no, they cannot do that. They are literally like, we're borrowing so much from Lost. In fact, we're going to name our finale. He's never going to do that because the finale is so, like, widely controversial. He wants everybody to like his finale. Yeah, everyone wants people to like their finales. <laughs> Look what happened to Game of Thrones. Um, okay, so here's what is happening. We we did not tell anybody We're this. very excited about this, this But this is an announcement. Um, so here we are, doing here, here, the podcast. Here we be, yeah. Here we are, recording the podcast. Of the three of us, I am the only one who has seen the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided, since... You know, there's some disenchantment going around the show, around the fandom, and I think we can all understand that and relate to that, at least in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we decided that instead of kind of making talk about it, because obviously... My favorite characters are dead, so we're kind of friggin'... And, like, I'm not ashamed to say they were the reason I watched the show, so, like... That's fair. Like, if you don't agree with that, again, like... don't really care. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I don't, this is going to feel like kind of not traumatic because that that's a big word, yeah. but I'm going to be upset watching this. Mm-hmm. And so Robin walked out of her room last night after watching the episode and I was like already concerned because she was like hysterically laughing through some of it. She was like, <laughs> what if you just didn't watch it? And I was like, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. 
So basically what's going to happen is since we do want to make this podcast completely accessible to people who aren't watching it, because I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. aren't watching it and that's totally fair and totally valid. You know, a lot of people were hurt by by the the whole show. Yeah. Like season six, especially, but like, Hey, a lot of people were hurt back in season three Mm -hmm. and (laughs) you know, so, um, it's totally valid to not want to watch the show, but I know that I can't not watch it because I want to know what happens. So yeah. if it's too painful to watch it, you watch. let us yeah. tell you what happens. Exactly. Am I wrong? Yeah. So basically- And I know a lot of people are doing that. Instead of making it feel like a chore for Brittany to have to go in, watch it, do notes on it, watch it another time, watch it another time, watch it another time, especially an episode like this where they bring up Abby like maybe 10 times I was like I don't know if that's necessary so instead of making it kind of like a chore and kind of like painful something we have to dread now we're going to make it exciting for Britney because she doesn't know what happens what's What's going on now it's like every episode it's just like ooh, I get to finally hear the next part of the story and I get to hear it from someone that I trust and she'll say it in a funny way so I think um all of us are winning with this arrangement (laughs) Mm -hmm. truly so I'm excited and like the only the, I think the best part is that I will see stuff on Twitter if it's not tagged because, like, I have most of it muted. Mm-hmm. But things will slip through and I'll look at it and be like, what the? When did they get a house? Mm-hmm. And then, then I have to wait to find out what's going on. Right. <laughs> so there are two separate storylines this episode. Okay. There's a much shorter storyline with Echo, Gabriel, and Hope. And that's and obviously the more interesting one. But I found it so much more compelling That was the same last season with Odini and Dioza. So usually we do, like, the shorter storyline first and the longer storyline last, which is also, which is fine. We can do that because it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm wondering what you would rather. Honestly, it was more fun for you. I feel like the, from what I understand, I feel like there's more theorizing to do in the Octavia stuff. Yes. And also I feel like that'll be like more fun to talk about. So let's Mm -hmm. save that to the end. So like we get the crappy stuff out of the way first and then we have fun theorizing. That sounds good. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Alrighty. Spin me a yarn. So here's, this is what happened. I'm doing it scene by scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Maddie and Gaia show up at a little farmhouse thing that feels very out of place on this show. Mm -hmm. Clark says they're going to live here. Russell built it for Simone, who grew up on a farm, which was just like handed to us out of the blue. We never knew anything about that. Sure. They also get to keep Picasso. Isn't Sanctum just one giant farm? I thought so. Okay. Maddie hugs Clark and says, thank you. Maddie goes into the house and is wearing a frankly hideous shirt. (laughs) It is so ugly, Brittany. You would bully a kid. No. No. She's bullying the costume department. It's so ugly. Okay. It's so ugly. Gaia gives Clark exposition. She says that Maddie still has to pretend to be the commander so that Wong Crew will still follow her. Why? So that Wong Crew will still follow her. Why? (laughs) So that they can control Wong Crew. Because what's freedom of choice, I guess? Right. Cool. So Clark said that she could start school today. Okay, so what I have to say is, like, the first three scenes of this episode are just, like, really chunky exposition. Like, I just have to say it. Okay. Like, there are points in which they're just like, wow, look at this house we found. Why are they putting Maddie in someone's clothes? She what? Like, they're supposed to be Simone's clothes or something, but... Why choose that one? It's a really ugly shirt. And it goes down to her. Are they trying to just make her look like a little girl or something? I don't know, but it's not cute. Like, just let Lola be a kid. Yeah. So the first three scenes are basically just exposition. This is the farmhouse of Simone. Sure. Sure. Um, Oh, that's another thing that we're going to bring in (laughs) this season is we are going to try and also cover this um, like we cover Riverdale. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
can you kind of explain the difference between how we've been covering the hundred versus how we cover Riverdale? Okay, so this is gonna sound like shade, and I only mean it as half shade. We cover Riverdale like it's a joke because yes. it is a joke. Yeah. And we were covering the hundred as if it was a serious show, which it, which it was. was for a really long time. And I I still maintain to this day that the first half of season six was some of the most exciting work the show mm-hmm. ever did ever done. Yeah. I know how to speak. But once it went off the rails, it went so far off the rails that I think now it's like bordering on parody. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover it like it's parody kind yeah. of like, so we're not going to be like making fun of everything, mm-hmm. but we will be covering it as if it's Riverdale. So as if it's sort of like some surrealist mm-hmm. comedy. I truly take theorizing and talking about Riverdale deeply seriously. Yeah, like, we love Riverdale, and so we talk about it with, like, a reverence that we reserve for very few things, but, like, that's the only way we know how to cover Riverdale, and that's the only way we now know how to cover The 100 mm-hmm. because of everything that's happened. And it's so much more fun that way. Exactly. So that's what we're that's what we're doing, yeah. and um, there's this one episode in season three of Riverdale where it's, like, a film noir thing, and, and Veronica's talking to Jughead, and she turns to Jughead, she says, Forget it, Jughead. It's It's Riverdale. Riverdale. And so, um, whenever something dumb happens like this, forget it, Jughead. It's It's Riverdale. Riverdale. You know? Forget it, Jughead. It's Riverdale. Which is also, that's a riff on, it's Chinatown. This is Chinatown. That makes sense. Of course, Mm -hmm. always with the ripoffs from Riverdale. But they know that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Yeah. The hundred will deny that they're doing it until Mm -hmm. they go into the grave, but we all it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also reminder, um, if you want to live tweet this episode of the podcast, use hashtag li- hashtag AF live tweet. And if you have any thoughts that you want us to read out for mm-hmm. thoughts from listeners, uh, for the next episode, use hashtag the hundred AF. And like, I know this is like a huge tonal change, mm-hmm. but I feel like it'll inject some new energy into the pod. Yeah. And also like by the end of last season, we were so burned out that we just didn't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So we were like, okay, so what do we do? We need to make a difference. We're going to make, we're going to have fun with it. Yeah. So I hope this is your guys' thing. If it's not, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually do care. Like I just say that I don't care because I am deeply damaged. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if this isn't your thing, that's fine. But like, I'm kind of hoping that it is because it's yeah. fun. I'm having fun. Yeah. That's a, You know what? That's, that's what's important. We, we started it for us. We truly appreciate and love all of you. And we are so happy that you are having fun listening to our the, other pods. Some, yeah. yeah. Some roommates just sitting in a room and like talking to each other. But but mostly this is for us, and yeah. uh, and we're going to do whatever makes it fun for us. And to say it in a b***y way, it's our show, and, and not, not yours. yours. <laughs> <laughs> Which is from Trixie and Katya's uh, web series. Which we also say with love. Yeah. Um, and anyway, yeah, we yeah. love all of you, and we like that we, you supported us mm-hmm. all this time. Yeah. And if you don't like us, we know, we saw the tweets, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, dogs. <laughs> um, we get to keep the dog. So, wait, okay, so where was the dog the whole season? Like, in the palace or something, I guess? Or did the dog live at the house? I don't know. Okay, so, like, okay, wait, 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 okay, hang on. So, explain to me, where is Russell right now? Russell is, he's being, like, kept captive. Okay, and then, so how did Clark just get this house? I think she just took it. But, like, how did she know it existed? I don't, you know what, Brittany? It's Riverdale. It's Riverdale! (laughs) Josephine's mind drive, maybe? Oh, yeah, maybe Josephine knew about it. Oh, okay, that's an actual fair explanation. (laughs) Um, Okay, and then second question, it has to do with my, um, so as you know, I'm a lifestyle slash entertainment journalist, so I spend a lot of time- I did know that. You did know that! Um, So I spend a lot of time thinking about interior design and really exploring, like, 
you know, what design and architecture and aesthetic is. And I just need to know where the f*** they found a farmhouse when the rest of Sanctum was built on shipping containers. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I can't really... Uh, you know what? It's this is gonna get old real quick, but it's uh, it's it's Riverdale. <laughs> where, like, where did they find the hardware for the cabinets? I don't. I can't stop thinking about this. Where did they manufacture the kitchen cabinet hardware? Hit like, us up with hashtag the hundred AF if you have answers. I have so many questions about this farmhouse, and that is one of them. Like, there's no like a log cabin. I would have understood because yeah, there are trees on this planet. Yeah, there are yeah. trees on this planet. It's handmade. It doesn't have electricity or whatever. It's there's laminate in this house. Yeah, this the the, lo the location scouts didn't want to make a location. They just wanted to have one. So that's what happened. They may as well have shot it in our apartment. Yeah. <laughs> like I would there's a I would crock love pot. Yeah, there's a crock pot, Brittany. There's a crock pot. Like did the brand crock pot did they bring crock pots from Earth? Is that a 100-year-old crock pot? Is that how long crock pots last because you know what? I wrote an article today about people who should have just ordered out and I saw a lot of exploded crock pots. So I call <laughs> bullshit. Okay. Thank you. Like, the only, to me, the only way this house exists is that they have replicators, and the, sh the show has never touched on that. That's not a thing. Where That's is their manufacturing di district? I said district. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> anyway, I just have a lot of questions. I had, I didn't have as many questions about Allie's house, because it was like, hey, it skipped a house, and I'm like, okay, it's a nice house, but this is not a nice house, and I don't like this house. <laughs> um, uh, and then we kind of just talk about how they're lying to Wong Crew, like, they're just actively lying right. to Wong Crew. It's just interesting, because Clark, this whole episode, is like the morality police, and what then- and then she's just like, but let's keep lying to everyone, you know? Why, though? What's the point? Because otherwise every they're gonna go rogue, because, like, there are- I'll say this later, but, like, there are several different groups who are all going rogue at the same time. Okay. Most of them who we haven't even, like, heard of. Like, okay, so we have the Children of Gabriel, which yeah, came cause, in, in season- of course, of course. In, which came in in season six. Yeah. Then we have, um, the, like, Sanctum- the Sanctumites, I think is what I called them. Um, they're, like, the religious people who are, like, obsessed with the primes. Right. They didn't come in until last season. Right, right, right. We have Dioza's gang and the convicts, right? And the criminals, yes. They didn't come in until season five. Right. Then we have Wan Crew, which have, like, been around all along, but that didn't really come in until season four. We have these giant groups of people who are all going against each other, and it's really hard to keep track of. So, so okay. they have no control over three out of four of these people, and so they need to have control over one of them, I guess. Okay, and but Wan Crew still asleep in space, right? Nope. Oh, where are they? They're they're uh, they're security. They gave Who them woke guns. Them up? Everybody. They, did. Yeah, they woke them up. Oh, was that last season? The finale. Yeah, yeah it's like right at the end. I think. Oh, that was like I'm I, I'm so sure I blocked that out. Mm. Okay, so Wan Crew's all. No one's asleep anymore. Mm, I. I don't think so. How did they get down to the ground? They have, like, ships that go back and forth. They have more than one dropship now? Well, if they didn't, then they had took, just took multiple trips. Okay, so they- but on- I thought Octavia was still kind of the leader of Wan Crew, and then Maddie is also? Octavia's no longer the leader of Wan Crew. Uh, she left, but- so they only had one leader, and it was- the commander. And now they've taken the commander out of Maddie's head, oh, so she's right, pretending they, to be the commander. They all switched from worshipping Bloodraina. Bloodraina to Hedda. Right. Yeah. And so now they're all So do they just need this army to defeat the Sanctum people? Like they're not are trying they just to defeat mining anybody. No, they're not trying to defeat anybody. They're trying to like unify everybody. And they're and, and all the other groups like don't want to unify, which is why they're using Wong Crew as security. So they're trying to unite all of these people under another false god. No, because Hedda. That's the that's the problem. Is that right now they're using it 
as like just like right now they're using Hedda to like have one crew, but like the goal is for everybody to just be normal people. And I'm like, y'all need a prime minister or something though. Yeah, no, that like even like it's Clark. No, but even in terms of like you know if you dive into the narrative, that's literally never going to work yeah. because you you lose trust in people the minute they find out the head is gone. Mm-hmm. Right? And then at the same time, you're also uniting a group of people under a god that the other groups don't believe in. That's the problem is that they don't, they only have like jurisdiction over one of the groups. That's basically what's happening. Okay. I'm going to move on. Okay. Okay. Uh, Indra and Raven are inside making soup in a crock pot. Sam has so many thoughts on this crock pot. Indra says Maddie needs to do commander things, but Gaia says no. Okay. That's mostly their whole arc this episode. Oh, okay. They discuss if Shade Hedda is really gone. Everyone says yes, but Raven isn't so sure. Spoiler alert, Raven is right. Raven's always right. Clark says they have to start rebuilding Sanctum. Indra and Gaia have a tense moment and Raven goes, ah, mothers and daughters. Oh, oh my God. I'm so sorry, Clark. And Clark says, and I quote, it's okay. Okay. That makes sense. Or like, I'm okay. Or something like that. Because like, repression. Meh. Yeah, she's like, meh. Yeah. There's like several times this episode people are just like, oh my god, Clark. Ugh. And she's like, it's fine. And I'm like, I read the script to screen and she was basically like, um, well, it wasn't my mom whose body I floated. And yeah. I'm like, but it was. Yeah. Like, like she was whatever saying, you gotta tell yourself, but Like, it fun. was her mom's body, but it wasn't her mom. Yeah. basically what she's And I mean, Clark does have a history of like, plunging into action in order to avoid grief. Yeah. The problem is that she never gets to the grief. Um, so how do they know how to use a crockpot? We already talked about that. Indra still calls Maddie Hedda, which is interesting. I guess That's she's- odd. I guess she's just trying to, like, keep that up so that she doesn't, like, slip up in front of people or something. It's else. also, like, also kind of respectful to Gaia. It's interesting that Raven is always so made up at the beginning of seasons. Where did she get the makeup? I oh, know. I guess Simone she had makeup. her hair. How did Simone have a version? Shade. So, whatever. They still don't really know how the flame removal will affect her, but then later Jackson says that she seems fine, and as far as I can tell this episode, nothing bad has happened. So I guess- So hand-wavy, hand-wavy, everything's yeah. fine now. Yeah, it's fine. They mention that they do supply runs to the mothership sometimes. I don't know what supplies they have there that they don't have in Sanctum, but okay. Hang on, wasn't it that you couldn't remove the flame from a commander unless they were dead? Well, yeah, that's the whole thing is that they did, and so, yeah. that, so and this has never happened before, so they're just, like, checking on her to make sure nothing bad happened. Okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure I had the science right. Um, sorry, sorry. Quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So this is the first quote that I have written down that I don't really understand. Um, I watched the episode twice, and uh, there are just certain quotes that I just, like, d- didn't get. Okay. Basically, they're like, okay, it's time to eat, and Raven pours soup for Gaia and hands it to Gaia, and then Indra shows up and says, one of us needs to represent the commander, and I'm hungry. And then Gaia hands her the bowl. And then she leaves, and then that's when Raven goes, ugh, mothers and daughters. I'm just confused as to how those two ideas correlate. Someone needs to represent the commander. Okay, sure, so that can be you. And I'm hungry. She's saying, I'm not doing it. Really? That's Someone needs to represent the, represent the commander and I'm hungry. So it's like, I'm not freaking doing it because I'm hungry. You go do it. But, they, but they're not around anybody who they need to represent the commander in front of. It just, it just didn't. Anyway, that quote didn't make sense to me. And I was really confused about that. Like, I get Br- Brittany's interpretation makes the most sense to me, mm-hmm. but I'm sure in context, it's also really clunky and weird. Yeah. I didn't really understand it, so that's... Adina that's- shows up, she's like, I don't know, I'm just saying it. Yeah. And then Clark's like, it's fine, everything's fine. Ha <laughs> ha. How are fine. you? Yeah. <laughs> 
So next scene, uh, she goes outside to the actual picnic they're all having. Is this real? Yes, somehow. Uh, they give us more exposition about where the clothes came from and how they're all staying in this one house, which seems too small for them. Miller says Murphy and Amori should live in the palace because they're primes. Indra says no one's going to live there. They all toast absent and departed friends. They toast Abby. But the person who toasts Abby, I would love for you to guess who the person who goes to Abby is. Raven. Nope. Murphy. Nope. Keep going. Uh, Nyla? Mm-mm. Amori. Nope. Indra. Nope. Gaia. Nope. Not Clark. Mm-mm. Maddie. Nope. Who else is there? You've guessed just about everybody I've seen. Miller. Not even Jackson? Not even Jackson. And, like, the way I make it make sense in my head is that, like, Jackson's having problems because Abby's dead. And Miller's like, I'm Jackson's boyfriend. Jackson's told me that he's upset, so I guess I'll do it. But in, like, when, but if I didn't, don't put that work in, I'm just like, mm, why you, sir? Why? <laughs> like, I... Have they ever had a scene together? If they have, probably no, not. Like, like on a one-on-one thing. Like it's implied that they were they were in the bunker. They were they're in the bunker together, and yeah. they have they're in that ensemble scene where they eat people. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's the only time they've interacted. Like I can make and they it don't make interact. Sense. I can make it make sense in my brain, but I shouldn't have to do this work. <laughs> That's so confusing to yeah. me. So anyway, it's Miller. Um, Jackson hits Murphy's drink out of his hand because he thinks it's Murphy's fault that Abby died. Murphy says- What? Yeah. Murphy says that he didn't know Russell was going to do that. And Clark says it's fine uh, that she believes Murphy and everything's fine. So they're literally having a picnic with a table and a tablecloth. Wait, I'm confused. How is this Murphy's fault? Because Murphy, okay, so here's the thing is that Murphy is the one who told everybody when they were about to burn up the stake that Abby could make more night blood. And, you know, he did that because literally everybody was all going about to, to die. die. And, and so he had to or else everybody was going to die. Um, and so, and he also helped Josephine pretend she was Clark in front of Abby. Um, and those are the two things that he cites this episode that make him feel really bad. But that doesn't have anything to do with Russell deciding to go absolutely insane and put Simone in Abby's body. That's what a cool point. Like, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like, at Unity Days, Richard did tell us that he, like, didn't want Murphy to, like, let go of Abby just being dead. So I'm glad that Richard was, like, wanting to hang on to this plot line and, like, give it its proper, like, due. But Jason wrote it so poorly. But, like, the fact that Murphy is out here mourning Abby more than Raven or Clark makes no sense to me. Because, like, as much as I enjoyed the three scenes that Murphy and Abby ever had together, there wasn't too much there. There was like, what, the one time when they kept Ontari alive, the um, inexplicable scene where Abby was like, I knew that Murphy had it in him. And I'm like, there's a, yeah, oh, there's that is for me. I was like, yeah, but like, you know how it kind of came out of nowhere and you were like, how did you know that? Well, he helped with the pills to like help save the girl. He still, he stole the yeah, pills. That, yeah, that's the scene I'm talking yeah. about. Well, like, and then like, like it's implied that Abby like knows these kids yeah. more than like any other adult. But it's like, we never got to see that on screen because they never bothered to show us it. Well, yeah. well they did. They showed us a couple times and you know what? That's about all we can ask for when it's, uh, when it's, uh, an adult character. It's, yeah, it's just. I'm just saying, God, that's lazy. Yeah, it's just disappointing that like Clark is not going to get this level of care in her storyline regarding Abby mm-hmm. that Murphy is going to get. Which is like, I enjoy that someone's getting it, 
it's just odd. I think it, I think what it probably is is that they needed to give that to someone and Clark had too much plot to deal with through the season so they had to give it to a side character and they're like, hey, what's Murphy doing this season? I do have to say they're constantly bringing up Abby this episode and it kind of feels like if they bring up Abby enough times this episode and like next episode they do like the burying of the ring thing, then like they don't have to talk about Abby for the rest of the season because 100%. they've already talked about Abby enough times, you know? Yeah. And it just kind of feels like, all right, we're bringing up, like, obviously she just died, so it's, like, important to bring her up, but, like, in this one episode, like, this is fiction, so you don't have to bring it up constantly, you know? It's, like, it it feels- It can haunt you over the narrative. Yeah, it's starting to feel repetitive, this episode. Like, it's just constant- constantly bringing up Abby at the end of every single scene. You know what I mean? And uh, so it kind of feels like we're probably never going to hear about it again. Which makes sense. There's a way to do a character death where it, like, affects a character, like, throughout a season. Mm -hmm. Like on Riverdale. Mm -hmm. They have- Luke Perry literally passed away, which is very sad and heartbreaking. And they've done his character's death in the narrative in a very justified manner and, like, had it follow Archie through the entirety Mm -hmm. of season four. Mm -hmm. And- over here on the left (laughs) it's just like we had characters like lexa who like you could see clark mourning but like they kind of pushed her death aside because it needed to go on with the plot for a long time and it took like queer people being like hey you can't do this for them to like bring clark's grief over lexa the same way that like feedback made them take a breath and like mourn jasper Mm -hmm. but like i feel like it's the same the abby thing is gonna same be the same thing with the jasper or the monty thing where they're just gonna evoke their names in order to justify certain actions and i'm like why can't you just have people grieve like normal people Mm -hmm. they say that clark took the master suite and nyla says that she deserves it uh and then she also talks about how they're sharing the clothes and i'm like god It's just like, she's like, well, Clark deserves it. Also, we're all sharing clothes. And I'm like, there's a way way for you to say it. Like, it's supposed to be show, don't tell, you know? Like, I'm just getting told so much in these first three scenes. Also, really nice that Simone was apparently all of their sizes. Yeah. Um, uh, and Maury says that their room is a little tight. Um, Miller says they should live in the palace. And then Indra says that they don't want to be seen as conquerors. So none of them should stay in the palace. And that's a good point. I... I think Indra, even though a lot of Indra this episode was kind of just Indra showing up, saying something to Gaia, and then leaving, and then coming back, and then leaving, and then coming back, some of the points she makes this episode is really good. Are really okay. Good. Um, yeah, Miller's the one who toasts Abby, Jackson blames Murphy, and it's, I think it's interesting that, like, Jackson blames Murphy, Murphy says, like, one thing to Jackson and immediately switches to Clark. He doesn't care what Jackson thinks, he wants to make sure that Clark is okay, and isn't mad at him or anything, which what I, a good boy. which I really appreciated. I, I, I mean, I couldn't tell if it was like, I hope he did that because he truly thinks of her as a friend and they have a really important relationship. And he's like truly remorseful. But then like the back of my head, I'm just like, this little cockroach is like, Clark could ruin me. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure me and Clark are cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, so do you think that the reason Jackson turns on Murphy, was he there when they were all being burned at the stake or was he up on the sh- like was he there Jackson? when that happened? Yeah, I think he was there. I think he. Okay. I think they were burning like all of Sky Crew. But because like, like I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't rewatch season six before I season was, seven. So I, don't I know. was just wondering if it was that or if it was like the conver- the little brief interaction that Murphy and Abby have right before Russell kills mm-hmm. her because Jackson was in the room for that. Right. So well, I'm either just way, how we got here. Yeah. Either way. Either way, Jackson blames Murphy, but then Murphy cites later. The reasons why he feels that he's right, that he's responsible. That's good. So on their way to Sanctum, the group listens as Indra tells them the dealio, which is basically, hey, 
We have all the Sanctum people, all of Wan Crew, the Children of Gabriel, and also a bunch of criminals. Okay, so thank you, Indra. It's basically just like the beginning of a Harry Potter book when they're like, Harry is a wizard and he has two friends. Gotcha. And, you know? Yeah. Um, so Wan Crew is now security. Great. Sure. Sure. Yeah, we talked about it. Apparently it's going to take two years for the compound where they're all going to live it is going to be built as long as everything goes okay, but... Everything is not going okay, so three years. So they're literally just colonizing this planet now. Right. Okay. And then Maddie goes off to school. So yeah, we get more exposition about all the difference and all the different groups and what they want. It's a little messy. We talk about how one crew is security. Miller's like, how much longer until my compound is made? Miller, you live in a house. Yeah. Everyone else is living in tents. You live in a house. Stop being selfish. Oh my god. <laughs> This um, is just Arcadia 2.0. So Maddie finally gets to go to school, except she has some bodyguards. Miller sends bodyguards with her. And Miller then, does? Yeah. Okay. Because he's the head of security, apparently. Sure! Yeah. So Indra says, ugh, too many people. And automatically I'm like, oh, yes. I'm like, that's, that really speaks to me. I was like, I get it. I see where you went there. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm like, I'm with you. I understood your metaphor. Like, I, the parallels, like I got joke. it. Yeah. I was like, yes, I've got it. And then Raven walks up afterwards and goes, oh yeah, good thing Allie's not here. <laughs> and I'm like, but I, ha I had it. I was with you. You didn't have you to didn't like- You didn't need to over-explain and kill the joke. You didn't have to hit it over my head. Like, I'm with you. I got it, you know? <laughs> I just wish it had been left to be like a Just good like parallel. a fun little reference. Yes. Um, so then James shows up. He was a member of Wan Crew from last season, if you guys remember. He nope. was like up in the thing and he like was mad at Dr. Octavia. I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he shows up and it's just like, bad things are happening. And we're like, oh, okay. So then we have a transition to go to this other scene. Okay. So meanwhile, Jordan and his friends are in trouble. Oh my god, I'm so tired of Jordan. He's got a knife to his throat by a criminal from Dioza's gang. Her name is Nikki and she also has a husband named Hatch. And they're two <laughs> new friends. <laughs> Um, the children of, so the children of Gabriel come in and honestly, it's so many characters and so many different groups at once that I, I, it's hard for me to keep track. Okay. Uh, all three groups start fighting. Then Indra and co stop them. Uh, they disperse, but they're not happy about it. The convicts say that they're going to take over the compound when it's built. Clark tells Jordan that they saved him a whole ass room at the house and he doesn't want it. So that's rude. Jordan is a angry little teenager. So Jordan says the people of Sanctum want to see Russell. They're not going to... Like, the people of Sanctum want to save Russell, basically. And Clark says, okay, we're not going to kill Russell, but we are taking care of him so you don't have to worry about him. Um, then Indra brings up Abby again, and once, a Clark, once again, Clark just goes, oh, that's fine. You know? So just really shoving that down there. Really. So we get Nikki and Hatch. Um, Nikki is a total MILF. You guys would love her. Okay. Um, <laughs> but they're these two new characters who have never been around, and I'm like, why are we bringing in new characters? Yeah, like, I, for the last it's amazing season. how much I don't give a shit. What Lost did in their last season was they full-on just, like, brought back characters that had died. Like, they were like, let's just bring everybody back. I'm fine you know? with that. And it's, it's, it feels more heartfelt, and it means more that way, I feel like. Yeah, like, half, like, half of the cast this season, I was like, I don't know who this is. Yeah. So, okay, okay. So I know you guys haven't seen them and haven't met them, but I wondered if we could maybe try and do a headcanon as to like what they did to like get sent to Allegis uh, and like get sent to jail because clearly like they're married and they probably like, I don't know, my headcanon is that they didn't get married before they got in 
like that they didn't get married while they were in jail. They got married before they were in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. clearly they like husband and wife crime duo. Husband and wife, and then they like did something together that sent them to jail. Probably and, like, joined Dio's character. Something like that or something. Bonnie and Clyde bank robbers mm-hmm. who killed people. I'm I'm in. I'm interested in that. Yeah. So we also get Trey, and I believe that Trey I was like, "Yo, Trey, do you think <laughs> um, you could buy me a bottle of rosé?" <laughs> okay, let's get it now. Okay, I'm done now. Um, I think that Trey was. La- was in last season, but basically he I was- I have no idea who that is. I'm commenting. I'm, comment- I'm commenting. I'm commentating, as you can see. <laughs> um, he was, one- he's like, basically, like, the leader of the religious group who, like, loves Russell. Loves the crimes. Oh. Um, so Nelson shows up and he tries to take over the place. Nelson is Lee, who we met at Unity Days, who's lovely. And yeah, but I played- don't remember who Nelson is. He's the- he's the main cog. The main children- like, child of Gabriel. I don't remember him! Like, okay, but he- just know that he's the main child of Gabriel. But I thought that was... Was he friends with Xavier? Xavier was Gabriel. Was he friends with them? Yes. Yeah. Like, the body that used to be... That was Xavier? I think so. So, so like, he... Yeah. He's the one who was, like, really close with Xavier and was really upset when Gabriel... When he found out that Xavier was Gabriel. Okay. Like... Basically, if you remember, the, the children of Gabriel are the people who were nulls, who, like, couldn't... What's a null again? I don't remember. They, they didn't weren't... Have, they couldn't have nightblood at all ever, and so yeah, that's they, why they were like cast out of sanctum society because they had no business or needs or need for them. So yeah, there's three different groups that just showed up, and it's hard to keep track. None of these people existed before last season, really. So it's I I, this feels like a totally different show. Yeah, um, Nelson has parent issues, and we'll talk about those later. What else is there? So now the, everybody shows up and the convicts are like, oh, so we're going to take the blame now because we always do. And I'm like, what? you know what? I'm like, you know what? That's fair. Their whole life, they're like. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, they're oh, like, well, it's the, always the us. arguments and stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and so Clark's like, no, we're not doing that, but please chill out. And then they say, okay, well, if we're going to help build the compound, then we're going to take over the compound. And Clark's like, you know what? This is a problem for another time. So like, sure, whatever. <laughs> she like lets them go. Jordan has been living above the tavern, which I assume was Delilah's room. Guy, get over it, bro. Get over it, please. Jesus Christ. The fact that I was so excited about Jordan and then he just spent the whole season, like basically his whole storyline was around a fridged character. I was just like, like I know, I know his um his dad is dead, but I just want to say you're in a cult. Call your dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically, Indra says that Russell killed Abby, so all of the Sanctumites should be really thankful that Clark's being so nice to him. And then they talk about how Jordan has trust in them, and so so they should believe Clark basically. And then they ruin it later. And okay, so Russell's hanging out in the like worship room or wherever it sure. is. Uh, Jordan goes in. Jordan says he relates to having lost his family. Russell disagrees because he fully killed his, and he would like to die, please. Okay, then die. Jordan gives Russell Priya's mind drive, which is a really bad move. I don't really know why he did that. Russell notices that Jordan was adjusted last season, which was the whole thing where they, like, I don't know, did something with blood, and then, like, you see things, and then you believe in the crimes. What? Yeah, you don't remember this? No! Okay, well, it happened. Okay. Jordan was adjusted last season, so he believes in the crimes now. Jordan's like, no, but, like, yes. And they talk about the spiral for a bit, and then Russell destroys Priya, and Jordan leaves. Why would he destroy a mind drive? I don't know. Because you- I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Um, so, Jordan says he feels like he lost his family forever ago, but also yesterday, which makes sense. Russell wants to die. Um, is Riker's chip still around? I thought that I wrote down all of the chips that were still around, and I thought it was, like, Russell, Priya, and Riker, and then- Why did they name that character that? No, I forgot they named the character Riker. Yeah. (laughs) 
They, um, the fact that they deign to even use that name, I'm just like, go away. So I think Riker's, I think Riker's still around. So he gives him Priya's chip, and I don't know why. Like, it feels like there's a moment where he, like, looks down and is like, hmm, and he, like, makes the decision to give him the, but I have no idea what's going on. on I'm sure the script says it. I, yeah, probably, but I didn't get it. So then they talk about the spiral and how it's, like, the truth greater than us all. I still don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, and then he kills Priya. And Jordan doesn't seem to care that much. He just leaves. What was the point of this scene? I I don't really know. Like, I, listen, I'm genuinely trying to be as positive as possible about this because we are, like, whole thing is trying to be, like, really positive, especially about characters. Yeah, this is an echo positive zone. Yeah, but I'm just having such a hard time finding things that I, like, liked about this episode, to be perfectly that's honest. Right. And I think that's fair and, like, nobody wants to listen to podcasts that are just ragging on things that they like, so. yeah. We're trying our best, but a I mean, lot of this isn't making a lot of sense to me. The problem, the feeling that I got from the majority of people is that it wasn't a strong premiere, premiere. anyway, so yeah. it's okay to not like it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back at Sanctum, Murphy and Amori sit at the bar. Okay, before I even go further, I gotta say that, like, most of the characters in this premiere, I felt like I didn't really recognize. Like, I was like, these could be completely different characters, and I, I don't even know if I would even know. Like, it just didn't really feel like the 100. But the two characters who I truly recognized and, like, saw were Murphy and Amori. Okay. I, like, just, like... That's really good! When they, they finally have this first scene together, just Murphy and Amori, and I'm like, those are my friends. Okay. I'm like, I, okay, I, I know those people. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, so Murphy and Amori sit at the bar, um, and they're surrounded by people. There's this, like, like Indra said, too many people. There's so many people around. And Amori has been reading Kaylee's journal. Which one was Kaylee again? The one that the she is. The red-headed milf. Who was actually an Asian, like, 13-year-old to begin with. Remember, Kaylee and Daniel are the primes that they are, and they're brother and sister. Right. And so they can't, like make out because remember everyone when, thinks they're brother and sister. Remember when after Clark becomes Josephine, she like slits that lady's throat and then steps over her body? Oh, right! Yeah, that's okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, so she's been reading Kaylee's journal and she kind of relates to it. Um, Murphy is still really bummed out about the concept that he helped kill Abby. Like, I guess, I, I don't think he really like thought about it until Jackson said, and so now he's like really sad. Um, I don't blame Murphy and I, Abby was my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amori tries to convince him otherwise, but Murphy's still bummed out. Uh, this girl like comes up and is like, oh, the primes, the primes, and like tries to give them like more to drink because she thinks they're the primes. Um, and Murphy like moves his cup so that it just like spills onto the, <laughs> onto the counter. No. And then she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Cause she thinks she's about to get like murked by the primes or whatever. And everyone's like, it's Okay. And so benevolent leaders they are. Yeah, and so then Murphy, like, is about to, like, tell this girl, like, I know you think I'm, like, so special, but I'm, like, not. I'm just, like, some guy named John Murphy or whatever. He's about to say that, and then Raven comes over and she's like, hey, Daniel, can I uh, talk to you for a second? (laughs) Why Um, do they still need to pretend to be prime? You will see, because it's really important later. Okay. They save the day later, because they're still the primes in the Sanctumite's mind. Okay. So, like, basically, they have control over Wan crew because of Maddie, and they have control over the Sanctumite's because of of Murphy and Amori. So, like, that's at least, that's half of the groups that they're worried about that they have. Okay. Still. So, but Nelson is watching and he seems to know that something's really amiss here. Raven tells them that they need to pretend better and Murphy refuses. He's just like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. So he walks away. Okay. So Amori says that in Kaylee's journal, it says that she also changed so she could be with Isaac because she had talked about um, how Isaac was a null and she, like, fell in love with Isaac. Right. Um... And I remember says, that. Yeah, she says that she changed so she could be... She changed for love, too. And I was like, are you talking about you? 
Did you change for love? Did she change for love? She stopped being a manipulative thief. I guess. It doesn't really feel like as big of a change as Kaylee made then. But um, if I'm forgetting something, everybody, please let me know. I would like to know. The draw of Murphy and Maury is that that they're both kind of dicks. And that's what we love about Mm -hmm. them. So yeah, Murphy feels bad and sad. He says that the reason why he feels bad is because he told them that they could make more night blood. But they were all about to be burned in the stake. So like, can we really be mad that he like literally saved everybody's lives? for that especially because like like as mad as i am that that like completely just nullified kane's death and like lol who is kane apparently like abby's the one who died and i'm like that's the way i prefer it but like i feel for like sorry about your death kane yeah that was not that was murphy doing a good thing yeah but he also says that he did help josephine pretend to be clark in front of abby to get abby to make nightblood so like that's fair um, but, like, how was he to know that all of this was gonna happen? And how was he to know that Kane was gonna float his own stupid ass with yeah. the rest of the night blood? Mm-hmm. So, this random girl, like, spills the drink, and Blythe and Cookie Man are still here. They're the, they're Delilah's parents, and they run the tavern. They're right. still here. So, okay. there you go. Nelson can kind of tell that they're not real. I'm, like, wondering if he, like, he immediately got cast out, like, as a baby. So, I'm like, have you ever actually seen Kaylee and Daniel? Like, I just wonder how he can tell, because he doesn't know Kaylee and he and got Daniel. tripped by, ga- tripped by Gabriel for years so yeah. how would he not okay. I don't know I thought that was interesting but I gotta say like the stuff that Nelson got this episode I'm like most interested in Murphy and Amori and Nelson somehow okay because he's getting a lot of character building especially in this episode and I'm like all right I'm with you okay, okay. Like, show me show me like, more all right okay yeah. um and then Raven's like we need you to lie and Murphy's like no nah. so Jordan shows up in the tavern and the Sanctumites all leave. And so the bar empties out because the, ge- the children of Gabriel are going to follow wherever the Sanctumites go. So they decide that they're going to break Russell out. And Indra says that they should move Russell to the palace to protect him. Okay. Basically, after this, most of the stuff that happens with Russell is just moving him different places. Like, they're just constantly just moving Russell in different places all episode. Okay, that's weird, but okay. So Jordan says that Russell wants to die because that's what he, that's what Russell told him and the children of Gabriel were like dope yeah do that <laughs> like I mean I mean I know what happens to Russell so I guess I'm just sitting here going he got exactly what he wanted so yeah. like where was any of the retribution yeah so Clark goes in to talk to Russell because they're about to move him um and Russell asks Clark why she's letting him live after what he did he says that he would kill Clark if he had the chance so That's they try probably true yeah so they try to move him but a riot breaks out so Daniel and Kaylee Prime save the day by telling everyone to chill out. Okay, okay, I can see this, okay. <laughs> so Imora uses info from Kaylee's journal to convince the Sanctumites that she really is Kaylee. Okay, 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 okay. So this part actually does make sense. Yes. Okay, okay. I really like this. Sure, 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 sure. And they sure. totally buy it. Okay. They're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. They are primes. Yeah. yeah. Murphy's, like, super into it. Like, he thinks it's real attractive that she did that. I don't really know why, but he really does for some reason. But of Murphy course, loves power! But uh, but they cannot because they're supposed to be siblings. And to be honest, this is, like, my favorite thing that they have done. I freaking forgot that they're supposed to be siblings! That's why it's so, it's still so funny. Like, it's one of the best things that they've done, I think. Oh my god! It's, like, okay. my favorite detail. Wait, so, like, they can't kiss or anything? Not in front of people. So Murphy and Amori are now allowed to sleep in the palace... Okay. Because they're primes. Okay. Which is what, you know, they said no, but now they're saying yes. Sure. Um, and except the children of Gabriel, like, totally want them dead because they're like, you primes. Well, duh. Yeah. Okay. So, um, going into this scene, everyone leaves 
they're like, it's go time. They're all fighting over like what to do with Russell. And it's just like constantly moving him different places. Okay. He says, why are you protecting me when I killed your mom? Once again, bringing up Ad- Abby. Again, I would also like to know that. And then Indra's literally like, yeah, why? Because Indra also wants Russell dead. But she's listening to Clark. But like, like, even Abby, if someone had killed Clark, mm-hmm. I guess someone did kill Clark and Abby didn't do fucking shit about it. Someone killed Kane. Abby didn't do shit about it. Okay. Um, he says he would kill Clark. Then there's a riot that happens. Murphy and Amori stop everyone in their tracks and she proves that she's Kaylee. She says her slogan of when she stopped oblation. Oh, what was the slogan? Uh, we are one. Please <laughs> I kill was like, me. that's real creative. Please kill me. Yeah. Um, and then Murphy's like real into it and they're like, no, you're my brother. You cannot. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. It kind of works. And then, so, this year. so they're <laughs> So they're trying to be like, okay, well, you can go live in the castle. And the way that they decide is because they're like, the children of Gabriel are going to try and kill you. And Miller's like, can we, can they not live near me? Because I I don't want the children of Gabriel bothering me. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Raven's like, yeah, I need eight hours. (laughs) So I'd rather you not be being murdered in my house. Okay, okay. And uh-huh. Clark's like, okay, you could live in the palace. Okay, like, tag yourself, I'm Raven. Yeah. So back at the farmhouse, Maddie is still wearing that tragic white shirt. <sighs> it's so Please ugly. save this child. Uh, they really sent her to school in that. It's embarrassing. Why is she even going to school? She's all, She's been wanting to go to school all last season. She wanted to go to school and Clark was like, no, no, no. So now Clark is like, yes, you can go to school. So Gaia looks through her drawings and asks why she drew them. She says she doesn't know. So then why are we showing? Why are you showing them to her? Is it supposed to be like, oh, I'm drawing these things because I actually do still have remnants of the flame in my brain? Well, that's yes. the whole point is that like they're, she's drawing memories that she's not supposed to have. But like the way that she delivers the line is so flippant that I'm just like, okay, then why did you bring it up? Then why? Okay, so what is she drawing? Okay, so she's drawing things like, I couldn't really make out a lot of it, but like one of the, okay, I'll I'll get there. Uh, Clark and Indra show up and Maddie seems upset. She says Clark is obviously pushing down her feelings about Abby, once again bringing up Abby. Of course. She knows what it's like to lose a mom as well, but she's not talking about Clark, she's talking about her actual mom. Clark still insists that she's fine because she floated Simone, not Abby, but she looked like your mom, and that's something. She pretended to be your mom. Like, that's... And I mean... That, okay, but, like, even regardless, Abby's still dead. Yeah. Like, even yeah. if you didn't float Abby's soul, it's she, still gone. Yeah. Like, okay. So Maddie's really upset that Clark won't, like... Deal with it. Deal with it and open up to her, so she leaves. The drawings are kind of... I couldn't really make out a lot of it, but it's, like... But one of them was very clear. It was Clark the way that Lexa would have seen her. It was Clark the time when she was knelt to. Like, she has, like, her, her hair in that, like, bouffant, and she has, like, the makeup on her face. Oh, one yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get that she's showing her the drawings because they're, like, weird, but she's, like, so flippant about it that I'm, like, <laughs> okay. Like, she's, like, whoa, why did you do this? And she's, like, oh, I don't know. I was bored. Like, instead of being, like, I don't know, but it's weird, Is right? this kid not concerned that she's having these weird visions that she's drawing? Who knows? So, um, also she mentions that they're still teaching stuff about the primes in school, which I think is weird because I don't think I need to explain that. Okay, but Um, is this school or is this just indoctrination? Literally. And it has been for hundreds of years. Okay. So Clark and Indra show up and they're really late. So Guy is like, I hope it's okay that we already ate. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. This is the script to screen I saw. Okay. So then I don't know about everybody else who lived, who lives, who's living in the house. Did they eat? I I don't know. Is it always soup? What, do you know how to make anything else? Why isn't Murphy here? Why isn't Murphy here? He's such a good, uh, Gordon Ramsay. Or what, 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 what did she used to say the word was? It's Ramsay. Yeah, it's Ramsay because, uh, Murphy's good at making food. I kind of forgot that Murphy can cook. Trust and believe that I will remember 
any detail about Murphy. Okay. Yeah, so you're welcome. Okay. I just think it's so- Indra, like, goes to the kitchen and just grabs bowls and comes back. And, like, it's just so funny to me that they have Indra just, like, hopping- Just popping into the kitchen to get some bowls and coming back. (laughs) What? Okay, like, Indra is just, like, momming out through the whole thing. And I'm like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. So Maddie wants Clark to open up. Um, She's talking about her actual mom. I it seems like they literally never talked about this for some reason, even though they were alone yeah, together so for five years. The thing is, like, okay, so I read the script, and it's just as clunky in the script. And I'm not, like, trying to be like, oh, like, this is stupid, but it actually is really clunky. Mm-hmm. Like, in the script, it has Clark literally forget that Maddie had a mom. Yeah. Why would Clark forget that? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you're talking about me? She's like, mm, no. Lola is really great in, uh... In this scene, mm-hmm. it's just too bad she's wearing that shirt. Okay. Really. Then she says, she floated Simone and not Abby. And, but, 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 but what? We already talked about that. Yes. I'll do this last scene and then we can talk about the script to screen. Yeah. So Indra thinks that Clark did really well, but Gaia says that when her father died, she was forbidden to cry. We don't have time to unpack all of that. Clark thanks Gaia for saving Maddie instead of the flame because it must have been really hard for her. Gaia shows Clark the drawings of memories that Maddie shouldn't have, including a picture of Clark as Lexa would have seen her. They hear a loud noise and Clark and Indra are off again. So Gaia talks about how her father died and she wasn't allowed to cry. Indra says that it's because they were in the middle of a war. So they didn't have time to cry. So what what war was this? Uh, I don't know. Indra's all constantly in a war, I think. Tree crew as Geta, probably. Yeah. Oh. Maybe. This is, like, way before we've even gotten to the ground in okay. 101. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm just, like, I don't remember, like, what war that would have been. But guys, like, well, because I couldn't cry, that's why I became a flame keeper. And I was, like, I need more information. Yeah, what is that? She was talking about, like, I became flame keeper for that. And I'm, like, huh? But, but so, there must have been something else there. It didn't, I don't know. Like, guy, she didn't become a flame keeper so much as she joined a religious order. Yeah. Okay. So then Indra leaves again, and it just this whole episode is just Indra coming in and out so that Gaia can talk about her behind her back. Um, <laughs> That's kind of funny. So then Clark says, thank you for saving Maddie. They talk about how she has pre- memories of previous commanders, and Clark says, I'm really glad that she has you, because obviously I'm dropping the ball majorly. Yes. So I'm glad that you're here. Just let Clark be a mom. Yeah. So they the picture is when Clark knelt to Lexa. Oh no, it's when Lexa knelt to Clark, right? No, no, it was it's Clark, Clark kneeling to Alexa. Alexa. That know? happens in the same episode, oh, okay. but the what makeup was, is public. When Lex, gotcha. It's like a public, kneels. like, mm-hmm. yeah. sort of coronation of one Hedda. Gotcha. And then she says, well, it seems like that was that was another world. Clark, it was. It, it was. <laughs> okay, I need you to know that it literally says that in the script. Yeah. Wait, yeah. It literally says it is. it was another world, dumbass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, hang on. I'll um, I will find that just a second. But then there's then there's a loud noise, and they're like, "Oh, okay, gotta go again. Bye." Like, oh god, it's just Clark seems like another world. This is Jason writing, yeah. realizing that it in fact was another world makes the girls smile, eyes meet, <laughs> eyes meet. Okay, so we are gonna talk about the script to screen. Your thoughts? Okay, Penny. I have a lot of thoughts on this because of what is in it. Um, I didn't hear anything about this until I was on Twitter, and people were like, "Clark and Guy," and I'm like, "Huh." So here's what's in the script to screen. Oh, right after the uh, was in another world thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just when it's clear that their mutual concern and love for Maddie is deepening into something more personal, a distant explosion shatters the moment. Um, then Indra is like, new world, same problems. And I'm like, hey, this is a stupid line. Clark and Gaia separate slightly. Indra senses something but moves past it and out the door. Clark looks to Gaia. And then, again touched by Gaia's instinct to protect Maddie, Clark holds her stare for another moment before turning and following Indra out the door. As Gaia stands there trying to catch her breath, we- Huh? Okay. 
So I could tell that there was like something happening, but I it did not read as like romance at all to me. Like what it read as was like Clark being like, hey, I'm being a really garbage mom. I'm glad you're being a good mom, you know, which is like, like what Maddie she was like two moms. saying, but I like didn't get any subtext there like at all. Okay. I don't like, maybe I just like missed it. I don't know. I watched it twice, but like I could tell that they were trying to do something with Clark and Gaia, but like I didn't know it was this. Okay. But I guess it makes sense because in the trailer, like, she's with Gaia, like, burying the ring and everything, you exactly. know? Like, it's interesting that they're, like, trying to do this with Clark and Gaia. I never saw it coming. I mean, so, like, there's a lot of, like, different takes on, like, what this means. I'm a simple woman. Um, I know a lot of people have, like, been twisting, like, oh, this means this and this means this for Clark and Gaia. And I'm like, listen, I'm simple and gay. They're both pretty and I like both those characters. Yeah. Um, if they want to be together... That's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they, they'll try and take it further than that. If yeah. you're saying it didn't read. It didn't to me, but like, uh, that's never stopped them before. Yeah, but you picked up the thing between Seven and Rafi and they had five seconds of screen time before they got together. That's on Picard. It, yeah, sorry. Um, so like, I feel like you have a pretty good barometer for this sort of thing. I don't know. Um, but if they do do it, I'm kind of like, okay. Sure, whatever. You know, why not at this point? I'm not. Um, I don't hate it. Yeah. I, I don't stand it, but sure. I'm interested in seeing where they're planning on taking it. Perhaps my ship will grow. I don't know. My yeah. ship capacity. Like, if they manage to sell it, mm -hmm. like, through the whole season, I'd be like, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. Like, who's to say? Th this show was never going to end the way anyone wanted it to anyway. Yeah. Um, I think by now we've all figured out that none of us are getting what we want from this show mm -hmm. um, because the show is actually interested in injuring its fans as much as possible, mm -hmm. which again is like, I think is a very warranted thing to say because we've all interacted enough with the fandom and the creators enough to know that they don't really like their audience mm -hmm. or like what their audience focuses on, which is traditionally what you would think of as female things, which is shipping. So they're like, well, what if we just do this together? And then they can't really say anything about it. And I'm like, oh. Yes. Well, we talked about this a little bit on our Lost podcast. I think we talked about it in like season one um, and talking about how like people who were watching Lost for the shipping were like seen as less than the people who were watching the show for like the mystery and for like the world building and everything. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, like that the show is like a whole like is a cornucopia of all of those things and that's what makes it great. And the writers never told you you were stupid for watching it either way. Ever. And that's how the fandom was. But, yeah. But that was in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. Why are we still doing it now? Like, that was actually, it actually started way back when, like, even on The X-Files, mm -hmm. there was the people who were in The X-Files for the plot. And so there were the no-romos mm -hmm. and then the shippers who were romos. Because that was, like, literally before the word shipper had been created. Because right. it came from Mulder and Scully. Like, that's where the term shipper was uh, created. Mm -hmm. But people who were romos were traditionally, and I'm like, not 100%, but, like, blanket statement would be female. Yeah. Um, and the no-romos were male. And because they were into the more science side of things and not, like, the ishy, like, gushy, like, romance stuff, they were the superior mm -hmm. viewers. 
And the women who were shipping were just in it for, like, the squealing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is such a degradation of, like, what is involved in, like, really loving a fictional couple. Especially since the show itself, like, for a long time resisted it. And then by the time it came back, they were like, oh, Mulder and Scully are together. And also, they have, like, two kids now. Yeah. So it's like, at the end of the day, the... The Romos won because at the end of the day, life is about human relationships. Exactly. And that's another reason why people hated the Lost finale was that they were just like, but they didn't give me all the answers that I wanted on like the world building and the thing. And to be honest, to be honest they gave they you did. a lot. They just weren't paying attention. Yeah and, they, yeah. and even if they didn't give you all of them, they gave you a lot of them, more than you deserved. It was <laughs> just like, I think some people really want some things to be cold hard science fiction. Mm-hmm. And cold hard science fiction doesn't work unless it has characters that you love in it and those characters have to have relationships with each other exactly lost was never really about the mystery was the mystery amazing and compelling yes but it was not about that it was about the people exactly the the people and their relationships obviously that's what humanity is about (laughs) yeah and like shows that know that the the connections between characters and the relationships that they share with each other are the core of any show those are the strongest shows to that those are the strongest shows Yeah. yeah Like, I, and so I think, like, when you watch something like this, and the creator keeps saying, I resent you for not paying more attention to the plot, and I'm sitting here like, bro, you've changed the plot and the genre of this show, like, six times. So, the only- well, cons- the seventh season, so I'm gonna say seven Seven times. times. So, like, when, when, like, even from a very logical point of view, where I'm not talking about, like, whether or not I enjoy the show or the creators or anything like that, if you change your show's plot that much- the only mainstay in it is going to be the characters involved in it. Mm -hmm. So of course people are going to be more invested in those relationships. That's all you've given them. Yeah. Moving on? Yeah. So the Sanctumites tried to get Russell again, so Miller moved him. Can you believe it? Russell's been moved again. Wait, what's the Russell move count now? Twice. Okay, Russell's just like, you know those magic tricks where you put a ball in a cup and you just... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Russell. Wait, that's really funny. That's yeah. literally, that's what they're trying to do, basically, is they're like, no one knows where Russell is. So Nelson shows up and demands Russell. For why should we give him to you, they say. Yeah. Nelson says that he was thrown out for being a null. Not really answering the question. Okay, yeah, that doesn't really tell me anything, yeah. but okay. But he was thrown out for being a null, and he says that his parents still live in Sanctum. How do you know, bro? But he do doesn't know? know, but he doesn't know them or know, like, like how, Wait, he doesn't so really know them. Wait, his parents are alive? Yeah, his parents are alive. They threw him out because he was a null. They, like, you know, like, as a baby, they put them in the forest and they get, like, eaten by the plants or whatever. He's like, I don't even freaking know my parents. Okay. They're still here. I'm like, bro, I'm interested in Nelson this season. He's got, like, stuff he, going he on. Ha- he definitely, I think, like, is probably one of the stronger additions. Mm-hmm. Because whenever they cast an actor who's friends with the other actors yes. on the show, they always end up being really strong additions. And we met Lee at Unity Days, and he is such an awesome, lovely person. Yep. And I really loved how much, like, when people asked questions, he was able to, like, answer them about, like, Nelson. And I was like, interesting. Like, Nelson must have more of a plot this season. And if this episode is any indication of that then he certainly does and i'm here for it yeah i think it's fair to say that lee gives a shit Mm -hmm. which is like especially in like the world right now that's pretty friggin rare yeah so i definitely think it's really cool i do think it's a shame that they're continuing to add new characters Mm -hmm. when there are so many that already exist and there's so many that go unmourned like even setting aside abby and kane like lincoln yeah. yeah. No one's mentioned Lincoln in seasons. Has anybody mentioned Finn? Nobody talks about Riley anymore. Like, <laughs> oh, Riley. <laughs> like, I know no one on the Ark had a cousin, 
But in she, my head, yeah. what? Riley is Clark's cousin. That's what they, no, that's what we did. We were like, we were like, oh, that must be it. He, she must be Clark's, Clark's cousin. And then we were all like, wait. No one has cousins. cousins they don't even know thing. what cousins are. Wait, cousins aren't a thing because no one has siblings. Um. Okay, anyway. His parents still have been saying that. Okay, so Clark's like, sorry, bro, but what does this have to do with me? Or Russell or anything. Okay, me um, in any conversation. And then Nelson says that he will kill Daniel and Kaylee, even though he clearly knows that they're not actually them. He tells them to decide and leaves. Indra is kind of like really about just giving up Russell. And she's just like, just let I'm him Indra. die. Clark, Take yourself, I'm Indra. Yeah, Clark says there shouldn't be any more violence where Maddie is growing up. And so they'll just get Jordan's help. Basically what they're doing with Jordan is they're just like, Jordan is in control of the Sanctumites, so let's just have Jordan's help. And then they completely, like, Jordan's like, trust Clark. And all the Sanctums are, uh, all the Sanctumites are like, okay. And then Clark betrays Jordan. And Wait, so, Clark betrays Jordan? Yeah, later. She betrays Jordan. And so now the Sanctumites oh. don't trust Clark and don't trust Jordan. Why would she betray Jordan? Because she gets mad and she beats up Russell even though she said she wasn't going to hurt him. Anyway. So, Jesus Christ. The explosion that they heard was the Sanctumites trying to, like, distract everybody. So, clearly, since they heard the explosion from the farmhouse, the it's, farmhouse is pretty close to the away. palace. Yeah. Um, Miller moved Russell. Clark says no one else should die because of what they believe. Oh, this is, this was my, um, favorite thing that Indra said. I mm-hmm. thought it was awesome. This is one of my favorite lines from the episode, probably. Um, Clark said that it's good that Miller didn't end up killing anybody during all this skirmish because no one else should die because of what they believe. And Indra says, what other reason is there to die? <gasps> and I was like, that's wow. so much of what Indra is about. Yes, I'm like that one gif of that guy that just like looks around and is like, ooh. Wow. You guys know what gif I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I remember watching it and being like, yeah. Like, this is what I signed up for. This is the hundred I know. That's like a good simplistic, like, summation of, like, Indra and Aya. Yes. Yeah. So I really love that line. We found a good thing. Yes. Yay. (laughs) So um, Nelson is unarmed. So that's why he's, like, there that nobody's trying to take him out because he's not, he doesn't have any weapons. He's cute. He's here to negotiate. Um, He talks about how he doesn't know his parents and he's going to kill Mamori if they don't get Russell. Miller somehow is like, I know that you know that they're not Daniel and Kaylee. I don't know how Miller knows this, but whatever. We're all on the same page now. What's up with Miller suddenly having things to do? You know what? Oh, they killed everyone else. You gotta start bringing in the other ones. You know what? It's Riverdale. Basically, (laughs) basically there's only six of like the hundred plus two left. And Miller is one of them inexplicably. And so they need to make Miller more important. I guess. Like if it has to, like, God. I just, like, Miller? Like, of all of the, like, of everybody. Miller? I would love to, I would have, can I have Monty back? Can I have Monty back? I saw a tweet from at Slug Cities on Twitter, and she said that this show kind of feels like it died when when Jaunty died. Yeah, that f***ed me up. When Jasper and Monty were gone, this show is different. It it stopped being the hundred. And that really, like, kind of stopped me in my tracks. I was like, wow. Like, she's right. Yeah. I want Monty back. The minute they started messing with Jasper and Monty and, like, separating them and not really using those characters, they lost the heart and soul of the show. Well, we had been talking earlier that, like, yeah, Monty was, like, the heart of the show, and it's, like, bringing up Lost again. It's, like, killing off Hurley, who's, like, the main heart of the show of, of Lost, so... It's like, you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. I think because this show thinks that characters like that are expendable and only Mm -hmm. the hard ones Mm -hmm. can survive. And I'm like, but if you have only those people left, this is the society they're going to build. So like when you get to your final season, the only story that you have left to tell is 
conflict. Mm -hmm. There's there's no peace. There's no happiness. There's no joy. It's just endless nihilism. And sorry, but we're like in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> in the middle of the Trump presidency. Sorry, but I don't want to watch that. Yeah. So Nelson says that they have until tomorrow's second moon to decide, which was exciting because I forgot that there were two moons. I also forgot that. Moon, moon. Moon, moon! So Indra says that she's into just letting him die. Um, And Clark says she doesn't want this to be like a bad world for Maddie. Miller brings up Abby again. So there you go. Um, I guess Miller was secretly an Abby stan the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know I had this like, much. You know what? Miller's gay and an Abby stan. Yeah. We yeah. have a lot in common. <laughs> it's like his dad died and uh, Abby just was like, you know what? You're my son's boyfriend. Yeah. I'll take you in also. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole relationship we never saw. But yeah, they bring up Abby so much that it feels like she'll bury the ring next episode. We'll never hear about her again. It's like this season's worth of talk about it. So now we can move on from the mistake we made. Mm-hmm. You know? He's like, is this enough? Is this enough to apologize? I even gave you extra. I gave you more than you wanted. And I'm like, no. It's so heavy handed that it's so clearly a checking off a like, box. I'm sorry. Behavior. Yeah, yeah, right. He's just like, uh. it's like, it's like, okay, we talked about Abby. Done. Check. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so this is what you think emotional stakes are. Interesting. So basically the Sanctumites are like all up in like the palace and they don't want them in there. So they want to ask Russell to make his people move. And they're like, we'll just get Jordan's help. Can I just say something? I don't care. (laughs) It's really hard to care about. It's basically just like every group is like a chess piece and they're all just like moving around. And it's like, I I, I, I don't know what's happening. If you dumb it down back to like what it is, it's the same goddamn plot as season one. It's just people fighting for a spot of land. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, that could be poetic, but that was the plot of season one and the plot of season two and the plot of season three, but there was a little bit of AI and yeah. the plot of season four and the plot of season five and the plot of season six. And I'm like, for the love of God, do something different. <laughs> so the Sanctumites allow Clark to go in and see Russell, who's looking through family scrapbooks and wallowing. Sure. He asks Clark how she keeps going, and she says that she just breathes, which, though true, isn't that helpful. That doesn't sound very therapeutic, but okay. Sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. Is it true? Yes. Yeah. Mm. But is it helpful? No. It's involuntary. So Clark wants Russell to tell his people to leave the palace. He gives her Abby's clothes, which Simone left there, including Abby's ring, which we haven't seen since season four. So, huh? I um, have thoughts about this. Yeah. She finally punches Russell in the face. She also accidentally sets the room on fire for ambiance. <laughs> she pulls out a secret gun and Russell's like, dope, yes, please. But she just knocks him out. Sure. She grabs Abby's clothes and cries. Which is the most Clark she's seemed the entire episode. Clark, what took you so long? No one would have judged you for being upset. Yeah. It's very Clark this scene, finally. So, like, I understand that's part, sometimes part of the reaction to grief is to push it down and pretend oh, it Oh, denial. Happen. Yeah. But it's just, it's just done so clunkily mm-hmm. that clunkily. clunkily just like that word that's yeah. a word my love <laughs> so when clark walks in to like try and get through to russell the sanctumites are still praying to the primes and i liked they started like naming all of the primes right because they were praying to each of them and they get interrupted during russell's name which i thought was a kind of like yeah. cool choice for that it's such a shame that they're all dead because that was such an interesting mm-hmm. plot line yeah yeah I really liked that plot line until I hated it. So then Clark says, I'm going into this room unarmed, here's a gun. But apparently she secretly has another one. Yeah, she brought two guns. She's like, oh my gosh, dude, totally search me. That was a good joke. What'd you say? She brought two guns. Her arms. Mm, Because she punched him. Yeah. 
Um, that was a funny joke. She hit him with the gun. Oh, she had a she gun? She also has an extra yeah. gun. Yeah. Oh, well, that was no fun. So, she's like, oh my gosh, dude, totally search me. You wouldn't want me to be, like, hold, hold having a gun, so I'm just giving you the gun that I had. And then they don't search her to see if she has a second gun. Okay, honestly, if you don't yeah. do that, you deserve to get pistol whipped. So, Jordan has faith in Clark, and now the others are gonna hate him because Clark basically, like, messes up Russell, yeah. and so now they're not gonna trust Clark, and they're not gonna trust Jordan. Russell is still chained, uh, chained up, like, Clark says, oh, you, like, they didn't unchain you, and he's like, I didn't want to be unchained. So. Okay, kinky. Yeah, I was about to say he's into that, I guess. I don't really want to hear about his sex life, but okay. So, how do you go on? I breathe. Okay, thanks. Okay, so here is another um, quote that I didn't really understand and would love if you guys could give me some insight Sure. On. I don't know if you could. Um, Russell says, if I would have killed Maddie when I had the chance, you would understand. Wait, what? That's what I thought. What would she understand? I don't know. Like, he at this point, he's talking about, like, wanting to die and, like, wanting to stay chained and, like, I need oh! I want to something. If I would have killed Maddie when I had the chance, you would understand. So he lost his daughter... And if she had lost her daughter, she would understand. And I'm sitting here like, she lost, she lost her lost mother. Her mom. Yeah. That's different. Okay. No. Okay. That's, okay. No, no. I get it now because I, he I lost kinda, his- I kind of- I get it. He I lost just don't his, like it. He lost his daughter. So if I- if you had lost your daughter, you would You would it. understand. Okay. Um, so then he brings Abby's clothes and has the ring. Your thoughts on having the ring. What the fuck? Okay. So when we saw the ring in the trailer, I was like, okay. No, that's we, funny. We haven't seen the ring in, th- in several years. Uh, but okay. Several of us at the time when Abby takes off the ring in season four had headcanoned that, because she also takes off her own wedding ring, which is not present in this scene, by the way. Yeah, like she takes it's them just, off as a symbol to Cain that she's committed to him. Right. But in this, in this scene where Clark is, you know, sees it again, there's only the one ring on the chain, but Abby had had her own wedding ring. Mm-hmm. So she would have taken that off as well. A bunch of us at the time that she took them off headcanon that Abby gave them to Clark when she got back to Arcadia. Yes. Because they're a symbol of, like, her father and, like, the the two of them together, and it's, like, a memento that she can keep. Yeah, it's like Jake's watch. It's, like, memories of that person. Right. So, we haven't seen Abby wear it in our timeline three years, and we haven't seen Abby wear it in canon timeline in 132 years. Like, even minus the time jump, it's still, what, seven years? Still seven years. Like, yeah, close to- She hasn't worn it since 402. Close to six years, yeah. So, the implication that it was in the clothes that she was wearing when she got body snatched just implies that she had it in her pocket the whole time. Yeah. Which is very confusing. Which, like, it would still be in her pocket if that were true. Like, it wouldn't be on top of the thing. Like, Clark would have to go digging in her pockets for it. It's just, (laughs) like- then what was the point of Abby having taken it off in the first place? It was supposed if she's to be- just carrying it around in her pocket. Exactly. Like it was supposed to be a symbol. It was supposed to say to Kane that I acknowledge that I had a past, but I am committed to you and you are the person that I love now. And instead it was, well, frick, we need something to symbolize Abby, but but since we made a drug addict out of her for two seasons, the only other thing we have to represent her is a bottle of pills. So I guess we'll bring the ring back. Yeah. So this is what makes Clark snap. She attacks and sets the room on fire and Russell's like, cool, please kill me. Um, so she knocks him out and then she like goes over and like starts like smelling Abby's clothes, which is like genuinely makes sense to me and like is yeah. actually Clark. Okay. It's um, very visceral. Like yes. Eliza does a really good job in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> so here's where we get even more ridiculous. Oh no. <laughs> oh 
Oh, boy. What happened? No, what happened? So, Russell wakes up in the mind space as original Russell. Shade Hedda is there, which... Wait, huh? Makes no sense, but let's go with it. It's Riverdale. It's Riverdale. Okay. get there? Shade Hedda kills Russell in the mind space, which I thought couldn't happen, but whatever, it's Riverdale. So, Shade Hedda has now taken over Russell's body. I don't know. This is ridiculous. Thank you so much to Sean McGuire for coming back just to get fully murked. J.R. Bourne is a great guy, doesn't deserve this. Okay, so anyway, Shade Hedda is supposed to be in the computer, and Russell's drive never touched the computer in between these two things, so there should be no way for Shade Hedda to make the jump. Shade Hedda was in the flame. The mind drive, while similar pieces of technology are not the same and they do not interact. Well, that's the thing is that when they took, like, the flame out of Maddie, Shade Hedda got uploaded to, like, the computer at Sanctum, but- Or, like, it wasn't even at Sanctum, it was in the ship. Okay, so- Well, they were on the ship when they did that. So, like, once again, that doesn't correlate with Russell at all. It makes no sense as to how Shade Hedda would have gotten there at all. Do you want to hear the explanation that Jason Rothenberg gave? Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Bluetooth. (gasps) No! (laughs) Did he say that? I'm not- are you kidding? No! I read it earlier and I almost lost my mind. Wait, weren't they on, like, they weren't even on Sanctum so ship. Sanctum they has on... Wi-Fi? Yeah. They weren't even on, like, a Sanctum ship. They were on, like, Dio's ship. They were ship. on the Allegis ship. Oh, no. I, I read it with my own two eyes and I was like, huh? They were on the Allegis ship. Sanctum has, has Wi-Fi Whatever, that's not, that the Allegiant ship connected to uh-huh. Jason in, no. in the uh-huh. atmosphere. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so sad. The way the way that everyone in, in season three, the way that Allie went up into the ring and everyone expected that to come back and mean and then something. It never did. And it never did. And then he just does this and he says, it's Bluetooth. <laughs> well, remember how Abby's pills were supposed to be opioids, but he said they're magic sci-fi pills, so sometimes they're uppers and sometimes they're downers? There's no such thing as science here. Mm-hmm. So it's Bluetooth. It's you Chinatown. It's Riverdale. It's, it's Bluetooth. Why is this, why is this, it feels worse than Riverdale, though. Like, Riverdale does it is. such random garbage that you're just like, meh, you know? But, like, you expect garbage from Riverdale. You don't I expect don't, garbage from this. I never expected garbage from this, and no. now it sucks that I have to expect garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in the first two seasons, you could never have imagined this. The first two seasons of this show were, were incredible. So perfect. good. Like, I rode so hard for this show, and it was such good television. Mm-hmm. Like, it was Emmy-worthy in the first two mm-hmm. seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Season it, two, oh, Okay, but that's truly a testament to the writers that they had on, yeah. because the writers that they had during seasons one and two, and it was a new writing staff during season three, they all went on to do huge shows. Like, we're talking, yeah. like, Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Like, Bruce Miller went from writing episodes of The 100 to show running The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. So, like, all of those really, and I'm, that's absolutely no comment on, like, the, the are, new writers, because they're also wonderful there are writers, several but they're very different writers' mm-hmm. rooms. So, it is smart that in the mind space, we do get original Russell, though, um, because that's what we got in the, yeah, in like the that. In Josie's mind space. Yeah. My problem. Mm-hmm. My problem is that Josie couldn't die in her mind space, so I'm not sure why Russell is able to die in his. Like, oh, yeah. are we gonna get a battle akin to... No, that was also in the interview. We're not gonna... No. Like, JR... Like, He's gone. Russell's just dead. Yeah. Like, we're not gonna have him fighting to get his body back. No. Then why Why did the rules not apply... Hold my hand. It's Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway... <laughs> There are rules. You made the rules. <laughs> you made the rules, and then you decided they don't apply. 
says, like, hey, I like your new body, and I'm like, whoa. You're what's like, going oh, on what's here? going on here? How um, did you get here, actually? But then I feel bad for Sean McGuire. I was like, you know what, listen, they're both DILFs. We don't have to pit them against each other. That's tea. So it's fine. Anyway, <laughs> so Clark notices that he's woken up, and she's like, okay, well, die, if, like you wanted to. And Chitetta's like, no, don't leave me. So the whole ass palace burns down, which is, like, so rude, because that was Memori's new digs. Oh, hurtful. They're homeless now. Yeah. Clark brings out Russell and shouts to all of Sanctum that there are no rulers. They are free. They are the last of the human race, which is what they say every season. She says that Russell dies for his sins tomorrow, which obviously not because he's shadeheaded now. She then walks away in slow motion to rock music. Please kill me. I cannot make this up. She walks away in slow motion to rock music. So Clark says burn then, and um, he immediately changes his tune. So I feel like Clark should have kind of known potentially that something amiss. Okay. So you and I talked a little bit about this, like, uh, yesterday when you found out what happens to Russell. Yeah. And I just want to say for the record, this is another example of this show having, like, a cool opportunity to explore how Clark handles grief. And they just, just, just don't do it flushed it down the toilet because and I I, I gave this comparison and I'm, I'm sorry but so I'm gonna bring up Star Trek that's okay <laughs> okay but so they have this thing How many times I brought up lost already I know so they have this thing in Star Trek Picard where seven of nine is like she's back and she has a lot of like trauma around the fact that she killed a former lover because that former lover killed her what equated to her son and her doing that and getting revenge in that fashion that she thought would be cathartic but actually just wound up haunting her is something that follows her through the whole season. And by the time you get to the season finale and she has to do it again to someone else, that really sticks with her. And she's like, oh, God, I'm killing these people. And I promised myself that, like, I would never let myself get to this place again. <laughs> so you have the opportunity to tell that story with Clark where she kills Russell but she doesn't feel better. Mm-hmm. But instead what the show did is killed Russell with no um, dramatic stakes because mm-hmm. Shade Hedda did it. And now you have her killing Shade Hedda. Mm-hmm. And like, so any and all emotional exploration just got immediately flushed on the toilet. Like there's no more stakes for Clark to kill him. Like, Precisely. except for that it's Shade Hedda and he's a guy who like showed up and bullied Maddie for a season. Like, exactly. Like, only last it, season too. Like killing Russell would have had impact because he mm-hmm. did something to Clark that is unforgivable twice. Yeah. He, he stole Clark's body and then he killed her mother. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much emotional conflict for them to work through there and they just chucked it. Like there now there is no there's going to be no catharsis for Clark. There's no closure because someone else killed Russell in a completely haphazard manner. And why did that happen? Because the show is obsessed with shock deaths. Mm-hmm. It loves a shock death. Like, they're like, you know what? We're just like, we're going to kill someone. And I'm like, do you have any idea how much that death should weigh on someone else? But y'all just pissed it away. If you get to talk about Star Trek, can I bring up Lost again? <laughs> yes! So, um, there are characters in Lost who also kill people, right? They kill, there's this one person, Saeed. Yeah, Saeed, uh, he killed people in war and it still haunts him. He talks about how he still has dreams about it and everything. And like tortures and how much that takes out of him. Yeah, and then there's Charlie who has never killed anybody in his entire life. Halfway through season one, he kills somebody who totally deserves it. Okay. And then, and then he's like different. He's completely different Mm -hmm. for the rest of like, the series basically yeah. but it's really interesting because they also have like a whole nother character and we all know you know who i'm talking about this character who kills people and it's nothing 
and he doesn't care. In fact, he, like, kills a bunch of people, and at one point they say, oh my god, you just killed a bunch of people, and he goes, and I quote, so? Yeah, because he's, he's supposed to be a very clear bad guy who's a psychopath. And the cool thing about that is the comparison and the juxtaposition there, but if mm. all your characters are like that, then it means nothing. Exactly. Then like, you're just, it's a show full of psychopaths. Yeah. And then you have your one character who isn't like that, who is Jordan. Yeah. But you and got- they treat him like crap. Yeah, you got so fixated on fridging a woman for his story that you forgot to develop the rest of him. Yeah. So he- there's none of Monty and Harper in him at all. Check out our, um, Unity Days thing, uh, our Unity Days recap. I went up and I asked Shannon about Jordan because I thought we didn't really get enough about that. And it was so, such a good question. So I asked him what he saw in Delilah, what drew him to Delilah- because it didn't really feel like we got enough of that. And he basically said that, like, I mean, something that we kind of already, like, got to in the podcast, I think, but we kind but of- But was never confirmed or yeah. really contextualized. Basically, like, no one ever really saw him as a person until Delilah did, um, which is fair. Yeah, they only saw him as Monty and Harper's child. And I'm like, sure, but to them, you've been alive a day. So give him, give him a minute. Yeah. So- um, Russell's like, no, please don't kill me. You would want Maddie to save me. So she does. Um, they're burning the whole palace because now we are equal. But so we totally, we totally aren't. Um, says they're the last of the human race. Dussel's gonna die tomorrow, which totally not because he's Shade Hedda now and that's gonna be a whole last storyline. Can you imagine if they killed Shade Hedda tomorrow? And it's like, then what was the point? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they, yeah. next week they just do it. I would not be. Other than, like, the fact that it would be a shame to lose J.R. Bourne. Yeah. So then... Another interesting thing about Nelson is that Clark's like, we're killing Russell. And all the children of Gabriel are like, yay, except for Nelson. And I'm like, why aren't you, ups- why aren't you happy? Does he, have, in you? does he have a sixth sense? I don't know. That I don't know, but I'm interested in him. It's very interesting. So then we get a shot of Jordan and Trey, who are obviously not very happy. And then Clark walks away, walks away in slow-mo. Yep. Okay. Brittany, can you tell me what Patreon is? Uh, that was so abrupt, bro. There was no segue. There was no attempt at anything. It was just, hey, asshole. Tell me about Patreon. <laughs> it's a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. I'm losing my voice. Um, we have a Patreon. Yes. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. Sure is. For as little as a dollar a month, you can fund us suffering through this. And honestly, please do. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have five podcasts. Um, they cost $200 each to run um, a year. So every dollar that you donate actually helps us with all of our hosting fees. And um, at a dollar a month, you get early access to our podcast like, by at least a day because Robin's a fantastic editor who works very hard. And at f- uh, I think it's $5 or over, um, you get a discount code to the small business that we run where we make art. So I make... Um, epoxy resin art so like i like literally make objects some of it's geek inspired some of it's not but there's a lot of star trek stuff in there um and robin makes handmade handmade fandom embroidery i currently have um bellamy and clark available as designs um but murphy raven and octavia are coming soon yes so um that's shopbelux.com so if you go to our patreon sponsor us you will get a 10 percent off discount um but if you don't have any money um same yeah um so just tell your friend about our podcast if you want to, or tell them about our other podcasts. Yeah. Where we have fun. <laughs> tell them about our Star Trek Picard podcast, because I loved that podcast. I didn't show up that much in that one, so, but. Oh, but okay. I did. <laughs> and if you don't want to help us out on Patreon, consider checking out Shopee Lux anyway. Yeah. That would be helpful. Yeah. And you might get, you know, 
cool new things that you own. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, I, you will. You'll yeah. not there's no might to it. If you purchase something there, you will get a nice new thing that you own. Yeah. Like makeup organizers or coasters or things like that. Or beautiful embroidery. Exactly. Look at all the embroidery above. There is a lot of embroidery above our heads right now. <laughs> Shall we talk about Gabriel and Octavia and Echo and Bellamy very quickly here? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so we left off with Octavia having just been so cruelly yoinked from us by yoinked. the anomaly. Yoink! Yeah, Bellamy screams for her and cries, but then pretty much immediately also gets yoinked by an invisible force. I would say almost, I would say literally yoinked. Um, the memes on Twitter are lit. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah. Um, it's weird that this force waited until now to steal someone must be a new season or something. <laughs> um, it's kind of cool that Yoda's, like, on this planet. <laughs> so, he gets full-on knocked out, and Echo runs to grab him, but they start fighting her as well, and they get away. Help him, he's handsome. Gabriel watches over Hope, who wakes up in a daze. She doesn't seem to remember anything, and books it. Echo's still getting just messed up outside. And Gabriel tries to help Echo, but also gets hit. They run after Bellamy, guns literally ablazing. Okay. So, whatever they are, waited until now to do something... And why? Like, I don't know. It probably won't be explained, but it's just interesting to think that like what made them wait. Okay. Basically they needed to get Bellamy from A to B. Okay. So A is where they left off in season six. Okay. Right. It's him crying over Octavia having left. Okay. B is away (laughs) somewhere else. We'll talk about like where that happens to be, but like basically their goal is get Bellamy out of here because, because Bob, they don't have Bob or something. Right? Well, the reason that Jason gave was that Bob wanted a break. Mm-hmm. He said that he wanted a break and he didn't want, he, they wanted to accommodate that for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the man worked with a broken knee and it was his first time getting to work with his wife. I mean, I don't believe you, but okay. Yeah, it's very, it sounds very fake. Mm-hmm. And Jason has said fake things before. Mm-hmm. So again, not to be assholes. It's just like, we have experience with mm-hmm. this. And he has said blatantly untrue things like this before. So considering how Bob Morley has spoken about the show and about Jason on Twitter, I don't think that's the case. But I do think we will not see Bellamy for a long time. Like if Bob wanted a break, all due respect to Bob. He deserves it. He earned it. Bob would have said so. But Bob would have said he wanted a break. Mm -hmm. So basically they need to get Bellamy from A, end of season six, to B, away. And instead of being like taking steps to get there, they literally just went... Boom. Like, they needed him from, let's say he need, they needed him from A to C, okay? A, end of season six. C, away. There is no B. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you feel about that? Me? Yeah. What do you mean? Do you find it weird? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, he has, like, two lines before he just full-on gets taken by <laughs> nothing, literally. So, like, if you need something to go from A to C, you you need a B. Uh, you need a B. You need a Bellamy. <laughs> wow. And there is no Bellamy. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> their solution was, I don't know, invisible people? Yeah. Oh my god. My main question is, like, how are they hitting them so hard? They're hitting them hard enough for them to, like, go flying through the air. Like, do they have some kind of weapon that, like acts on sonic power that, like, okay. shoots them through the... Here's the thing. They have Yoda. Guys, mm. there's a reveal later. They have something that we have never heard of in this show before. They have ray guns. Oh, like a phaser? Yeah. Or something. Either way, it, I thought it was stupefy for a while. I think... Oh. I bet you they're cloaked. I bet you ten bucks they have cloaks on. Yeah, well, I think, th- is the reveal, do they reveal, it's not at the point when they, like, reveal them or whatever that they are in, like, these suits that 
cloak them. They're definitely in suits, but it's not, it's not really said if like the suits are what cloaked them or if it was just like they were invisible, but also in the suits. Either way, so how are they hitting them so hard? Maybe the the ray gun has another setting that just like sends out like sonic booms like or something. Like maybe um a disruptor, <laughs> Romulan disruptor. Literally, that's all I'm thinking. It doesn't have a stun setting, Brittany. <laughs> Romulan disruptors don't have a stun setting. But these do. I'm trying to suffocate myself in this pillow. <laughs> so Hope runs through the forest and literally inside her bleeding arm is a tube with a piece of paper inside. Uh, what? Yeah, inside her bleeding arm, inside her arm. She pulls out a tube with a piece of paper in it. The piece of paper has anomaly writing on one side and on the back it says, trust Bellamy. I got real bad news about where Bellamy is. What? Yeah. So that's from Octavia? <laughs> well, later she says that she must have put it inside her own arm. So, why not just in her pocket? I do not know. Y'all, my head is in my hand. Also, there's blood all over the paper now, so you can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Kate, remember that tweet that I sent you the other day about the Trust Bellamy note? No, what? D didn't I show you that? No. Okay, so you know that Allegis Corporation account? Yeah. That's on Twitter? Mm -hmm. They posted the Trust Bellamy note, like, weeks ago? Mm. And then Kim Shumway was like, oh, well, that's a neat distraction, but that's not, like, that's not us. Then where'd they get the Trust Bellamy note from? It's called Live Beach. Like, it's just so- Like, she didn't have to say anything. You could have just not gotten involved, and it would never have been a scandal, and people would have been like, oh, wow. But, and, and yet- <laughs> So, okay, here's the thing about the piece of paper is that Hope says later that she must have put it inside her arm. She doesn't remember she's got memory issues. She says she has to put it inside her arm, but she doesn't say that she's the one who wrote the note. So potentially Octavia would have written the note, hmm. but Hope says that she put it in her arm. Okay. Sure. Okay. So Echo and Gabriel continue to run after Bellamy. Gabriel feels like they're being followed. And honestly... These two look great together. Oh my god. <laughs> Octabriel? No. no. Wait, who are uh, e Echo. Echo. Oh, okay. Uh, Gabe... No, I don't know. Either way, like, they had this little scene together. Gecko! Gecko! <laughs> gecko! It's Gecko! It's Gecko! It's Gecko! It's Gecko! Anyway, they look great together, and I'm like, what's going on here, you guys? Um, so that, that was my other crack ship that I was thinking oh. of. Um, so Hope rushes them and attacks right? Sure. She wants to join up with them because she's supposed to trust Bellamy, but he's not here. Not sure why she then attacked. Like, she literally, she attacks her, and then she pushes her away, and she goes, I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> what? And I was like, well, then why did you? Okay. She's, like, trying to earn Echo's respect. Mm -hmm. She's like, I know you're a warrior. So this whole scene is basically just Hope saying she doesn't remember anything, and then Echo saying, okay, you're lying. And then, so Gabriel explains why Hope remembered things before, but now doesn't. What was there a reason? I'll tell you. Anyway, he says he loves the mystery. So they keep running after Bellamy. I don't know what they're following, but I guess they do, and that's what matters. Wait, what? I don't- They're just- Like, every single scene starts with, we're running, okay, we'll stop. We'll talk, 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 and then we run- Then we keep running. I don't know. running too. Like, I don't know. Like, are they running towards the anomaly? I don't Are they, know. like, is there- Are they somehow tracking- That's my question. That's I'm, what I assume. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so- Get it? Like looked at each other and like, guys, where are we going? Yeah, I don't like that's so Gabriel is like obviously the smartest person of everyone here. Like Echo doesn't really seem as capable as she usually is. That's why, like, even though like this this storyline, like, 
I like Gabriel also feels like pretty similar to what he was last season and everything. Like I was saying that Murphy and Amori really feel mm-hmm. like themselves. Um, Echo doesn't really seem as capable as she usually Aww. is. And but obviously her boyfriend literally just got yoinked, so she's like a little worried about it. So okay. that's okay. Sure. Gabriel has never encountered um like these people or these like invisible people before so i'm kind of excited to we probably won't get an answer but i'm kind of excited to find out like why they're just showing up now because yeah, gabriel, that's a mystery gabriel's been here for hundreds of years and, and, has, never ne- seen and has never seen an invisible people. man has never seen these uh, <laughs> um, yeah why does hope attack if she wants to join them i don't know <laughs> so she hands Echo the piece of paper, mm-hmm. right? And everyone's like, oh, yes, yes. But what she says is, this was in my arm. And no one questions it. What? She just says the phrase, this was in my arm. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. She says she must have put it there herself. Gabriel says, it's okay that this doesn't make sense. Here's how it does make sense, right? And it still doesn't really make sense. He basically says, okay, so what happened was, um, she, what Octavia, was. yeah, Octavia also had memory problems, so this makes sense. And Octa- and Echo's like, okay, but she remembered when she was stabbing Octavia, so she must still remember she's lying. And I'm like, good point. And Gabriel's like, well, no, because we were still inside the anomaly at that point, and so that's why as soon as the anomaly, like, ceased, then she forgot things. And I'm like, uh, what? sure. I was like, sure, whatever. Whatever, it's Riverdale, I don't care. Okay. So Echo, like, still doesn't really believe her or whatever. <laughs> I, uh, I'm gonna be real with you, I forgot until right now that Octavia got stabbed. Yeah. Okay, so here's what Gabriel says, okay? And if this doesn't tell you how a certain man thinks of his own writing, mm-hmm. I don't know what will. Gabriel okay. says, and I quote, None of this makes any sense, but my god, it's incredible. <laughs> I don't want to be in this room anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be in this room anymore. <laughs> I got two scenes left. <laughs> but that's what he says. So. It doesn't make sense in... God, is it a knockoff of every sci-fi show that's come before you? A bad one. And, like, flattery is- or flattery is the sincerest form of flattery. (laughs) Imitation. Imitation is the most serious- sincerest form- whatever. (laughs) It's Riverdale. I I burped halfway through that (laughs) session. Please keep all of this. I'm just gonna keep it. I don't care. What what you're saying is, but you gotta do the imitation properly. Right, and, like, yeah. you can't just, like, you also have to have some part, part like, some like, originality in there. It's an homage, not a knockoff. Get it right. So- <laughs> That is an incredible <laughs> So then they start, um- I just want to say- again. Yeah. It, it's no- surprise to me that the best seasons of this show are the ones that are most deeply connected to the original content written by a woman. Mm. <gasps> wow. Thanks. Shout out Cass Morgan. Yeah. Alright, so now it's night and by god. <laughs> Sorry, that that revelation just blew my free mind. So now it's night and by god, we are still running. <laughs> Where the and running, running, yeah. and running, 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 and running, running, and running, So Gabriel stops them to inhale some antitoxin because there's toxin in the air now. Okay? Why? Why? Why is there toxin? Yeah. They're just in a place So does toxin. he inhale it cool. like, through an inhaler? Yeah, it's like a mask. He just brings it with him. It's like an oxygen mask. I don't know. Okay. Well, I guess it's, that makes sense. He had something well, like, like, remember, like, like one of the flowers or something? Yeah. Or something. Sure. That's where the toxin comes from. I just remember, like, last season, they kept getting closer to the anomaly and, like, he would see, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Josephine he, and, like, all that. Yeah, so he talks about that later. So, because there's too much toxin in the air, so he has some antitoxin. And he sure doesn't share it. <laughs> so they get shot at by a ray gun, which I genuinely thought was just stupefy for a while. 
Like, it really looked like Stupefy. Can we just refer to them as stupefiers? Sure. Cool. So Echo realizes that the aim is too far off. So they're definitely not trying to kill them. So she, like, literally walks out in the middle of the place and it doesn't hit her. So that's how she knows that they're not actually trying to kill her. Okay. They start to formulate a plan to lure out the invisible people. Um, the toxin starts taking effect, though. Echo sees a vision of Roan. I miss him. Please bring him back. She also sees the original Echo, which, you know, doesn't really have as much of effect because we saw her for one episode in, like, one scene that one time. Oh, Ash? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Echo is Ash. Oh, Echo is yeah. Ash. It's very Harry and Hermione inside of the Locket Horcrux just telling Echo she sucks. Oh, okay. Basically. Um, and Hope- no one makes out. Yeah. You know, the, the abuse that she suffered mm-hmm. the entire time she was in Nasgeta. Yeah. Cool. And Hope has a vision of Octavia, which tells her to be quiet. Basically, that's what that is. Okay. Um, so Gabriel takes some antitoxin, but doesn't offer it to anybody is else. That a, is that a girl on the floor reference? Like, oh, tell her to be quiet. Octavia had to be quiet when she was a child? I don't know. It, like, didn't read as that. Oh, okay. That's too in-depth of thought, honey. Sorry. So, yeah, he takes some antitoxin, but doesn't offer it to anybody else. Um, they, we've never had ray guns before. Yeah. I'm excited about ray guns because I'm like, okay, but if you're going to do Star Trek, just do Star Trek. Oh, yeah. You know, you tried doing it in the beginning of season six and you completely screwed it up. Yeah. Do it properly. So they're not trying to kill them. Um, and there's so many like particles in the air. It's kind of like the upside down where it's just particles in the air. Sure. And so they might be able to see them because the particles move when like people move through them. Right. Okay. So that's kind of how they're planning on seeing them. Um, Roan starts telling Echo that she sucks and hasn't changed since he knew her. Which, that seems mean. Yeah, it's been, like, at, like, at least, like, seven years in her real time. hmm So. Hurtful. How rude. Gabriel's talks about how he doesn't want to see his ghost, which is why he takes the an- an- antitoxin. So it's interesting but that his not? ghost was Josephine and Echo's ghost is Roan. It's kind of like, cool. Why would you not share it? I'm, like, interested in this just because it's about Rowan. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested, but also, I'm like, wouldn't it make more sense if her ghost was Naya? Sure. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, um, Brenda Strong? Yep. Brenda Strong is more expensive than mm-hmm. Zach McGowan. Don't, yeah. You don't have to put that in there. You're right. No, but, I mean... No, I think that's absolutely oh, okay. correct. Yeah. And, uh, also, I think that Rowan has more of an emotional pull than Naya does. For the, for oh, the audience? Yeah, for the yeah, uh, right. For the audience. Rowan says that she's always following Bellamy and she's not, like, her own person anymore. Um, wow! Yeah. The real Echo is, like, shows up and she, like, has an arrow in her stomach, which is how she died. So I assume that Rowan is in, like, the outfit that he also died in in 410. Um, but I didn't go back and check. So, but I assume that's what it is. Okay. Rowan says that she used to betray Bellamy and now claims to love him. This is just information. Yeah, um, okay. So then Octavia shows up and tells Hope to be quiet, but I don't know how those two things go together. Like, Echo's getting all of this, like, Horcrux, Harry, and Hermione stuff where, like, you're not good enough. These are all the things that you are scared of about yourself. And Hope just gets Octavia being like, shh. And I'm like, so do the to- does the toxin do different things to other people? Because maybe last- it has does different things if you've been in the anomaly. I don't know, because when it happened to Gabriel, it was, like, also Josephine being like, Pfft frick you, you suck, you know? And so I'm like, I'm not sure how things go together. Like, Echoes and Gabriel seem like their own insecurities Mm -hmm. about themselves. Right. And Hope's seems like a warning. Maybe, maybe Hope actually sees Octavia from like a different time. I feel like Hope's is probably also a memory, but it's Mm -hmm. supposed to like lead us into a mystery instead of like saying something about Hope. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Hope is really serious about, like, Octavia walks away and she's, like, very, like, she tries to follow her because she really doesn't want to lose her again. It's clear that there's, like, that they have a lot, of, there, a lot yeah. of time that they used to spend together. And um, Octavia says that Mommy and Auntie O will come back for you. What the hell? That's, so that's soft. That's actually cute. Yeah. Auntie O. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, yeah, that's, like, a really important I, detail. I, I do think that's a... Now that now that you said that, I, I think agree. It's a girl on the floor reference. Yeah, they yeah. probably did the same thing. That's actually really. I actually really love like the Octavian Dioza relationship was the part of last season that I actually enjoyed the most. Same. So I'm kind of love that like they basically probably what raised hope together. Yeah, yeah. So we can sort of see the invisible thing inside of the toxin air. So Echo shoots it and hits. The people aren't invisible anymore and they're wearing helmets that give them information about the people they look at. It's pretty cool. The helmets say not to kill Echo and Gabriel, but just go off on Hope. Like, who cares? Why not? Wow. Um, He tries to shoot, but Echo kills him first. Gabriel can tell that the anomaly is quieter and the people are probably shutting it down. Echo thinks that they're trying to take Bellamy through so they can't follow. So they, say it with me, kids, start running. running. Oh my god. The three of them get to the anomaly and they hold hands and walk into the anomaly and it shuts down as soon as they do. Wait, so the anomaly is actually controlled by someone now? I don't I don't know if it's controlled by them or if they like have a way to shut it down. You know, like not necessarily like pressing the button, but like they figure out a way to do what it. What the hell do they want with Bellamy? How but do I they don't even know. know who who Gabriel and Echo are? That's a good question. I'm assuming Octavia. Oh yeah. Maybe. But and then why would they not so. care about Hope? Okay, well, maybe so, Hope is an enemy that they've gained in yeah. the time that she's grown up. So Echo has to shoot the people through the Roan and Echo, like, um... Uh, memory? Memory. So she has to... So that's, like, a whole thing she has to overcome is, like, she's full-on shooting Roan to shoot these people. That's really cool. I like that. Um, so people aren't invisible anymore, and what we get is it says, Gabriel Santiago, capture, don't kill, rendition to Bardo. So it seems like Bardo is the planet or place that they're from. Yeah, it has to be. So they're supposed to bring them back to Bardo. So if they're success, if they successfully get Bellamy, would they? And their orders are to capture, not kill Gabriel and Echo, Echo as well. Why? What? Why aren't they trying to take them as opposed to shutting the anomaly off behind them? Like, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> but then basically it says Echo, come as get a crew. Ditto. Basically the exact same thing. And I gotta say, until now, I thought it was just calm as Geta. I had no idea there was supposed to be a crew after as Geta. And I'll just say that. They dropped it pretty quickly, but it was implied that there was supposed to be a crew after, like, this tree crew. Yeah. But it felt like, it felt like as Geta was, like, its own thing. I don't know. Now I have to go and change all my Tumblr tags. (laughs) I'm really upset about it. I don't think you do. Um, And then it says, Hope Dio's a kill on site. That's like it's, crazy. It's not even just like leave her alone. You have no like. It's, on it's just site. like killer, killer. Also, when we see we see a close up of the guy's face inside the helmet, and he also has the symbols on his face, like it just like Hope does. So, so you think they appear in the anomaly, or they've like come through the anomaly several times? I'm okay. telling y'all that those are like locations. Locations. Yeah. What's oh. the word I'm looking for? Like coordinates. Lo- coordinates. Yes, coordinates. Yeah. Um, and it also says on the side, Bellamy Blake status captured. So that was, like, they're definitely the ones I who did that. I wonder what they needed him for. But, like, why? I just don't get why they don't try and attempt to get the other two if yeah. their orders are to also capture them. Yeah. So Echo kills the dude, and 
Gabriel's like, what's this? I don't hear the anomaly as loud. Like, good thing he noticed. Um, so <laughs> apparently they're going to take Bellamy through. Um, my question was, is Bardo a person or a place? Is it inside the anomaly? It seems like it is a place that is inside the anomaly. That's basically what I'm getting from it. So there, it's not a planet? It, or is it a place that you can go by going in the anomaly? I don't know. That's what it seems like. In I saw I watched a lot of like people breaking down the... Uh, new credits when we got those and bardo is a planet mm -hmm. it is like supposed to be uninhabitable i think and god what is the hang on i'm just gonna get my last yeah go ahead here while you look, look that up. up um but basically like echo's gonna go in by herself and gabriel stops her and like they have to hold on to each other or they'll be separated because he says that if if they're even separated by like seconds they could actually be separated by like months Oh, wow. So okay. that's why they okay. need to hold hands to, to go through. Okay. So they do. And I'm just like, wow. That's Gabriel. Cute. I was like, Gabriel and Echo are holding hands? Yeah, I like that. Oh my gosh. What's going on here, you guys? If Gabriel and Echo get together, I will not be upset. This is absolutely not, like, I had, I did not think, like, when I, when I wrote that and when I said it before, I was like, this is not happening, obviously. But now mm -hmm. I'm like, well, but what? Mm -hmm. If they're trying to make Clark and Gaia happen out of heckin' nowhere... They can make Echo and Gabriel happen, and maybe that's my hope. Hope. Eh. <laughs> I I could be down for that, um, if only because um, Echo deserves nice things. Mm -hmm. And if you disagree, um, that's okay. I'll show you the I'll show you the scene where they talk to each other that I was like, mm. okay. Did you figure out your? Did you find? It? Yeah, I did find it. Um, and I was wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. So Bardo, there there are hints about the new planets or places that the anomaly takes us mm -hmm. uh, in the opening credits. Now, mm -hmm. um, Bardo is a non-breathable planet with a bunker. Okay. Um, interesting. Someone was theorizing while I was looking for this that it's interesting that Richard's name shows up here because there are assumptions that this place is like a purgatory. Oh. And like, because Richard's name is on it in the credits, it's interesting if this is something he like had a vision of when right. he was like dead. Right. It would be nice to get an answer for that. Right. Um, the one that I was thinking of, which is what I thought Bardo was, is Nakara, an ice planet, which is, uh, an, I don't know how to pronounce this word correctly, but Osarium, hmm. um, which is like a mausoleum or like a container for bodies, basically. Uh -huh. And then Alpha, which is the moon of the larger planet. Right. <sighs> That's a lot of information. Okay. Yeah. Well, we shall, we shall see, I suppose. So now it's time for segments. My first segment is the Post-Apocalyptic Sasquatch, which is my favorite line award. My favorite line award goes to Shocker Murphy. What? For... An army of cannibal peacekeepers, huh? What could go wrong? What a guy. You know, the real one. Mm -hmm. I don't have a favorite line award because I didn't watch the episode. Yeah, no. <laughs> your, your segment is... Um, well, it's a segment that you came up with last season. Are Kane and Abby still dead? Yeah, they're still dead. Okay. <laughs> Um, my next segment is the most valuable protagonist award, and I'm gonna give it to Gabriel. That's fair. I think he's helpful. Um, how many episodes of The Last Murder? Oh, wow. Hard zero. Alright, so now it's time for our trailer reaction. It is surprisingly long. Yeah, it's weird. After, like, two seasons of short trailers that we just kind of, like, gave up hope. Nice. <laughs> um, here is the little blurb underneath. Uh, Echo and Gabriel learn more about Hope and her mysterious past. Great. Stop there. I'm interested. Yeah. Eliza Taylor, Bob Morley, Marie Avgeropoulos. Wait, Bob Morley? It's a credits thing. There were oh. several episodes where Kate and, or where Paige and Ian were both listed, but they weren't in the oh, episode. Okay. It's, it's for it's a credits thing. Um, Dean White directed the episode. Oh, okay. So oh, ew! Really Sorry, Dean White was accused of sexual harassment by Devin Bostick, and then <gasps> nothing ever came of it. Ew. Yeah. 
That's gross. Give me the episode that Bob directed and the one that Lindsay directed. That's what I want. Yep. So yeah, that doesn't really tell us much of anything. But uh, okay, so now I'm gonna watch the trailer. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. We're stuck here. This Not is your home now. Is that Yeah. What is this? Isolation madness. Interesting. Home is before. where the horror is? I kind of like it. It's very Halloween. Okay, so let's see. They find like this like cabin in the woods. It's um Echo who's saying that they are all stuck there and everything. Um, and it seems like we're getting like some sort of flashback of Dioza telling potentially hope that this is her home now. We get Octavia falling on the ground, Echo looking through some sort of like window, Octavia finding a rotting head inside of one of the helmets of like the invisible people. Yeah, okay, that's odd. Then we have some explosions, Hope walking around, and some like, we've got some like drowning type stuff too. Somebody falling in the water and Hope hugging Echo? Dioza? Looks like Echo. It looks like Hope and Echo, yeah. Yeah, okay. I like that for them. Can I ship that too? Yeah, sure. Yes. Um, and then Gabriel says... Let's just OV3 it while we're at it. Sure. <laughs> Gabriel says, interesting taste in toys. <laughs> Okay. Because there's like, I guess, dolls or something. Maybe that's creepy Hope. Ones. Oh yeah, there are dolls. Yeah, maybe. Oh, it's like creepy. I bet this is their home. This is where Hope and Dioza and Octavia used to live. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. If you could give us uh, some pretty stars. Those, you don't even have to put effort into that. You just do the little stars. <laughs> we also have a survey it's just perpetually open and it's like things that you like about the podcast or things that you think you could work on unfortunately we cannot get less annoying so don't write that because we already know yeah i plan on being annoying for the rest of my life actually and i have a wife so i'm allowed to do that okay um if you're a fan of riverdale we like to talk about that show too very much so um we just finished up i guess what was like what we were able to yeah of season four and so now we're going to be doing five then it was renewed for six and there's just a lot going on with riverdale yeah. i don't know it's riverdale <laughs> uh if you're a fan of lost we like to talk about that show too we finally finished season two we have guests over there it's our longest podcasts um and it's also spoiler free until the spoiler section at the end so if you want to watch along with us for the very first time in quarantine you've got the time and uh, i'm paying people it's true. She is. And it's hilarious. Hit me up. Uh, uh, I will give you money as long as you live tweet at least once per episode. I'm doing it. You're I'm such a scam it. artist. It's I a, love you. Honestly, it's a deal. It, it's a deal. Yeah. I'm like, it's for my entertainment. Hit me up. Yeah. Do it. I'll follow you and your live tweets and we'll have a good time. And you'll have a good time because it's one of the um, best television experiences you can ever have, in it's my true. opinion. It's true. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show, too. Uh, it's one of my favorite pods to talk on personally. It We've covered all of season one and we are currently covering season two. It comes out every six weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, we are trying to stretch it out so that we can eventually get to season four. You know, if, if Corona doesn't take that from us too. Please, God. You know. Anyway, Hopper is alive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you're a fan of Star Trek, we have a Star Trek Picard podcast slash weird working on doing like general Star Trek podcasts because um, the thing that we learned to, the thing that we went to when we learned that the hundred was like going to hurt our feelings was Star Trek. And it turned out to be a transformative experience for yeah, both of us, I would say. Truly. Um, so yeah, come join us. We love Star Trek. We just love to talk about Star Trek and it makes us happy. And Robin is also there and she's confused a lot of the time, 
but that's okay. So if it's your, if you you also don't know anything about Star Trek, you can show up, and then I'll ask all the dumb questions for you. It's true, she does. I like how we mentioned each one of our like like shows that we do our podcasts on throughout this episode. We, like we talked about each one of them. Honestly, our minds truly impressive. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter, and I do post gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. So go support me over there, please. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it. If you don't, word of mouth is fine. And also, if you're interested, uh, visit shopbelux.com. That's B-E-E-L-U-X-E dot com. Because that's where we make stuff. It's in the description. If you don't want to help us out on Patreon, uh, you can help us there. And you also get something cool out of it. It's true. And um, uh, yeah, I like not to be biased, but like I really like the stuff we make. Mm. Thank you. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Um, fair warning, I do not talk about the 100 at all. Um, I stopped tweeting about the 100 on my account other than, like, from time to time I'll get an inclination then delete it immediately. Um, <laughs> but I stopped doing that uh, after Unity Days because it felt like a good place to sort of close that book. But I do tweet about Star Trek a lot. So if you're into that, uh, I am. You know? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, queen of spelling her own name. I'm real tired, folks. Me too. Um, <laughs> I also talk mostly about Star Trek. From time to time, I will have an opinion on The Hundred, but it's usually just to say I love the sad kids that are left, mm-hmm. and that's it. I-, I tweet about Riverdale. Even though Riverdale's over, I'll still probably tweet about Riverdale. Our next episode is episode 702. It's called The Garden. <laughs> what? Of yeah. Eden? It's not going to be of Eden. It's going to be The Garden of Bones. So it's going to be The Garden of Bardo. <laughs> Bardo. I don't know. It's probably about the anomaly storyline. That's what it's going <laughs> She says. I, I like that laugh. I like that <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I threw a pillow at Rob. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> bye. Okay, love you.